on, Breaker One. This is Shark Pants Free Radio. Gamers, get your ears on because we're blowing the speakers out. Grimdark Live. It is time for Grimdark Live. This show is for the nerds, the outcasts, the weirdos. And for short pants gamers? No, not you. Ah, crap. Get ready, all you grimdark goons, for dice, dragons, demons, and a dwarf. Only right here on Grimdark Live. Hey, welcome to Grimdark Live, you can webcast for all things Dice Dragons, Demons, and a Dwarf from the Warhammer Worlds. I'm your host, Patrick, and tonight, man, I got Justin, and you know, all the way from the Nerd Bunker, man, we got him back for a long time. We got Kid Chaos, we got Evan with us, man. Evan, Justin, what do you hear, what do you say, bud? Oh, man, it is it is a big week in the world of Warhammer. We've got some really huge releases coming, and really big news out of every facet of the game. You are absolutely not kidding. Kid Chaos, what do you hear, what do you say, man? I'm just happy to be back, honestly. Um, it's been a while. I've been uh, so it's been good to have some time for the hobby and painting up models and, and seeing the new rule sets as well yeah. and seeing the new battalions and sub-factions and all that kind of jazz, so Heck I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah, it, I'll tell you what, man. It is absolutely fantastic to have you back. You know, it, uh, And you know Thank what? You. Uh, and and uh, folks, uh, he, he's... Uh, he gets all of his looks from his mother, I'll tell you that much. Uh, but Kid Chaos is with us, Justin's with us, and we got an awesome guest joining us tonight, man. He's one of our, uh, also one of our fellow Grimdark goons. We got, uh, we got the guy, he's all the way here. He's going to be talking to us about OCR Bone Reapers, man. Joseph, what do you hear? What do you say, bud? Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, <laughs> glad to be here for my first time. I'm uh, looking forward to just hanging out, talking Warhammer, uh, and specifically OBR. Yeah, man, and you know, and, and folks, uh, Joseph is kind of an interesting cat, man. I mean, this guy, this guy, uh, he's—you're he, going to see some work that he's been, he's put together with, uh, with not only with Slaves of Darkness, but with Slan Ash, and he's here to talk to us about uh, OCR Bone Reaper. So, so we we definitely have a professional in the house as a guest tonight, man. So, Joseph, thank you again for very much for being with us, dude. Yeah, no, thanks for having me on. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> man. It, trust me, man. It's 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 our honor it's like that time you know when people said to me you know uh so 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 how'd you become an engineer and i tell people all the time well i'm an honor student you know yes your honor no your honor i never do it again your honor you know that kind of a thing you know it's our honor more, joseph to have you on more prison stories uh, pat you see, what, are you, what are you what are you talking about you know what, what are you gonna put it like that justin i mean geez you know joseph this is what i gotta put up with man every single night between kid oh, God, chaos justin i i can't get i can't catch a break oh yeah you can <laughs> You've cut a lot. All right, man. I, I haven't. Penicillin's cured half of it. <laughs> All right. So, so, well, here it is, folks. This is this is the start of every Grimdark Live show, man. This is what you're going to get. But, you know, welcome to Grimdark Live, folks. I, I really want to thank everybody for being with us here tonight on the show. And and uh, if, if you like the show, if you like what you're hearing so far, please don't forget to give our channel a like or subscribe if you haven't already done so. So here it is, gang. Let's uh, Let's get rolling with this one. So back in October of 2019, right, I think that was about, the Oshark Bone Reapers were released, and the Bone Reapers made a big impact when they first dropped, thanks to the excellent, at that time, Petrifex Elite sub-faction. But I think, uh, you know, I think it was changes to uh, the meta, obviously, with the FAQ, 
And I think changes from the general's handbook and opponent experiences really have both weakened the army overall and allowed a, a range of other army styles uh, from this faction to really flourish on the tabletop. It's one of the few armies that I would say that really benefits from the fact that it, it got it got kind of kicked in the nuts a little bit with those with the, with the Petrofex elite. I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, would you, would you guys agree with that? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, um, I know a lot of people who got into the army specifically for that sub faction, and the moment they nerfed it, they put it on eBay. Not you know fair, yeah. but it is. Yeah, you know, we we we've seen that a lot. We've seen that <laughs> a lot. And and Housey one thousand man, our guy right on the chats here. He you know he he brought up you know they were broken on release. You are damn right about that. That Petrofex Elite was everything. And you know what's funny is. I don't know if it's because I've got this really weird, like, Vietnam twitch in my left eye whenever somebody talks about a death army because of that frickin' Nagash, um, that that I kind of like to see them get a little bit of that nerf. And guys, can, can we can we do something here? And, and you know, of course, Joseph, you're the guest, so if you don't want to do this, you can yell at Justin. But, um, you know, what I'd like to try to do is make oh, a pinky boy. promise here. No Nagash. Let, can, we have a, can we have a Nagash-less show? I mean, Kid Chaos, can we do that, man? Absolutely. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't play um, Nagash or any any name characters that are really that large, anyways, because they they carry the army, and the moment they're dead, they're the army's dead. So, um, I I always avoid them anyways. So. Not that they're not good. Right but... now. Just blow this out of the water right now. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't think I I don't think you can talk OCR Golden Reapers without having some mention of Nagash in there. Unfortunately, it's just the way it is. Damn it, Justin! Oh, what are you doing this to me for? Hey, I got to take on Chuck's role because he's not here and be the level-headed one this week. Well, you know what? Uh, yeah, and, and you know, and, and we, we should explain what, what is actually happening uh, with, uh, with, with Chuck. Um, you know, Chuck, as a lot of you know, is a nude Pilates instructor. And, you know, tonight they were doing their slip and slide routine. And I kind of find that that's one of the more interesting things about Chuck and just how, in, how artistic and dynamic he is. So hopefully if he doesn't sprain a hammy and get some of that, you know, vegetable oil off of him, he'll be back next week. A little bit of slip without the slide. See, you know what? That's what we have to do here. But, you know, let's get, let's get back to OCRs here for a second, you sick bastards. Um, so, uh, you know, I really I think what we should focus on here on tonight's Grimdark Live, from this faction, you know, we know that they kind of bounced back from Petrofex Elite, you know, kind of being drained from them. And uh, we're going to be looking at one of the stronger armies. I still want to say this about OCR Bone Reapers. In all seriousness, here later in the show, we're going to be looking at one of the stronger armies in the game right now. Um, and, you know, and, and, and Joseph, you know, even though you, you, you play them along with their other armies, you played them very well. And I can tell that you, you really dialed in. So when the opportunity to have you on the show to talk about this army came up, uh, we, were, we were ecstatic to jump on it. Because, again, thank you very much, because I know that you're going to bring a lot of, uh, you know, input into the Oceark Bone Reapers. So thank you again for being with us. Yeah, totally. Love the army. So, Joseph, I want to throw this at you real quick. I mean, the Oceanic Bone Reapers have had a bit of a, a journey. Can I can I use that word? Hey, I, I mean, Kid Chaos, am I still yeah, am I, I young enough to use that word journey? Because you know, every time you, you go go to Starbucks for coffee, it's like I'm going on a journey. Can I use that word? Absolutely not. Yeah, I don't think it fits the vibe. I don't think anybody. Should, I don't think anybody. Should, I, truthfully, I don't think anybody should use that word in that mentality. Okay. Well, well, so, so, okay. there you go. I like so, that better. So the so so, so the Oceanic Bone Reapers took a left turn at Albuquerque. Uh, and, and from from the perspective, you know, meta darlings, they, they quickly saw themselves outclassed, and let's just call it like the way we see it, by Zeech, Karadran Overlords, with you know, obviously with their range attacks and high rend. Uh, I think two major weaknesses for the Osiarchs um, were, were kind of exposed by those two armies. I think that's a fair statement, right, Joseph? Yeah, absolutely. I, I totally agree with that. It's it's if OCR Bone Reapers is very strong, but if they're lacking two things, it's reach and speed. 
Yeah. Well, and we're going to be talking about that for sure. And but I think after the, the that. yeah, and I think after the nerf of Petrofex Elite, uh, they're they're still in a pretty decent decent place. And I think that's why I'm really enjoying this conversation here tonight on them because they bounce back and they're in a very decent place. And and with a brand new uh, with with their brand new models, I guess they're still fairly brand new. Um, they're they're really a great army to start playing with. Uh, and, and, and really, I think they're a good starter army for a lot of newer players. Is, is that, I mean, is that a fair thing to say as well? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I took a few notes down before I came on, but, um, it, you know, it's, and it's funny cause it's like e- easy to learn hard to master is a trope that we see a lot often in this hobby and other hobbies, but, uh, bone reapers really are very easy to pick up. Their strengths are obvious. The way that you play with them and the way that you synergize with them are very obvious, but mm-hmm. they also have layers of complexity, but easy to grasp, hard to master. Yeah. I think, you know, that's a great way to put it. I mean, you know, Kid Chaos, you've, you've played this army against them a ton, and, and, and you had a lot of early takeaways when the army first came out. I mean, what's kind of your thought of them right now? Honestly, um, I, I think after the, well, right off the bat, I think Petrofax Elite was storming the, the, the tabletops, and once that got removed, it was opened up to um, a lot of new options with the, with the army. So with, with the fact that you were able to have plus one armor save to everything, um, there was there was no other option in the book. It was Petrofax Elite and 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 whatever else was it was ever whatever else was written in English. Um, but as far as the uh, yeah. but as far as the like now that the Petrofax Elite was pretty much nerfed to, to nerf nerfed to nothing, um, you were allowed to kind of explore that book a little bit more. And I think now the army is a lot better than it was before because you were able to um, I guess balance to the meta. Yeah. Before you were just you were just segregated to that one that one yeah. subfaction. It was it wasn't even like there was subfactions. It was just the fact that you played with plus one armor save. That was really what the, the book was about. So, um, yeah, I, I think the army is a lot better now than it was to play. Um, and I think it's a lot better for new players now than it was um, before. So Love it. All right, great great way to put that, man. Great way to put that. I mean, Joseph, uh, what are your thoughts? Do you agree with that, or do you got something to add to it? Yeah. You know, it's like I didn't actually pick up the Ostiark Bone Reapers um, when they came out initially. Like, I was terrified of them going into the um, Adepticon that ended up getting canceled. Right. Because it was going to be their first round on the really big tournament circuit that ended up never happening. Right. I got into OBR later because I was looking for something that was a bit more tough and a bit more resilient, something different from the finesse armies that I usually play. And Bone Reapers, I like the models. I didn't really get into them when they first came out. But after I started looking into their lore, I really started looking into the model range and I really started looking at what they could do. I kind of fell in love with the army. So I'm coming at it from not having been riding that Petrofex wave to kind of seeing what it was, how it evolved over time, and then kind of where the faction's at now. I think that's absolutely correct, Evan's point. Well, uh, yeah. Joseph, you, you played him like a champ. All right, sorry, guys. Who, who did I interrupt? Uh, no, no I, I was just going to say that I, I had a lot of early games when the, when the book first came out. Yeah. Um, I had a lot of early games against them when, like, it was, yeah. like, the oh, first week. Good the first week that the book came out, I had like three games against them. Um, and it was, it was, I, I was playing Skaven. I still play Skaven, but I was playing Skaven at the time. And um, yeah. it was a really easy game only because there was the only one play style. Um, yeah. And I think, I think yeah. now that, now that it was, you know, now that it's spread out, like, especially from someone, I played all the way back to the seventh edition. So I've seen a lot of different types of armies. Huh. Um, and so like, as soon as I saw the list build um, and some of the rule sets, I, I knew how to, I knew what the, the, the beat on it was. So yeah. um, I think, Absolutely. I think now, especially with Stellion Art Lords and the, whatever, um, 
whichever Zombiria. one that gives you like the magic save and stuff like that as well. Yeah, um, yes. yes, yeah. Uh, I, I think like having those two, like if you're in a face zine, if you think there's a zinch heavy tournament, you're gonna lean towards that that magic debuff. And if you if you're if you're facing like cities of Sigma armies or maybe even Stormcast, you're gonna lean towards that speed buff um, yep. instead. So yeah. all right, even well, uh, Mortis Praetorians. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah. Well, when I went to build my Bone Reapers, which I have an entire army out of, I actually bypassed Petrofix Elite altogether. I didn't like the history, didn't like the playstyle, didn't like the lore. Well, did you did, I you, went, did you build that before or after the FAQ? That was I built my list before the FAQ, okay. and my list was built to the Crematarians okay. because I like the idea oh, of a suicide fine. a suicide bomb army that runs up to you. And it's very quick, can be very quick with the right char characters in it. Yeah. Runs up, does its attacks. If they die, they blow up, causing mortal wounds. And then you bring them back and you do it again. Yeah, that's yeah. always a lot of fun. But here, here's let's stick a pin in that right now because we're going to be talking about all of that and more. Good warm-up, folks, on the uh, on the OCR Bone Reapers right now. But here's the big question, man. And there's a question for, for each one of you guys, uh, Justin and Kid Chaos, and, and especially our guest there, Joseph. We're going to put you on the spot here at this one. So so let us all know, man, are, are you staying true? True, or are you sniffing glue, man? What's happening out there in the in the in the hobby world? Uh, let's go ahead and start with the guest. I'm I'm throwing you right on the right under the bus. Uh, first thing here, uh, Joseph. Excellent, perfect. That's my favorite place. So to I'm going to start right here. Uh, you sent me you sent me the the, the new hotness, man. Can we get into Bellacore? Because yeah, folks, you got to look oh, at yeah. what this guy's doing now. This is undone right here, but I'm going to yeah. go at it, man. Talk to us about the new the new hotness. Uh, oh yeah, no, he's getting there. Um, you know, it's it's interesting because Bellacore. On the surface, I didn't think he was going to be that difficult to paint because he's he's very monotone in his color. But after you get the model assembled and you really take a look at it and you start putting paint on and you're looking at how the light hits it naturally, there's a lot of depth in there that, like, if you're using the right colors and you're layering properly, you can really bring that out and make Bellacore, like, greater than the sum of his parts. So I'm really loving the model so far. He's great. The The rules are great. The model is great. And he finally feels like he has the presence on the board that he deserves. Awesome. For his place in the well, yeah. I, I love to hear that. I love to hear that, and I'm, I'm I can't wait to see him uh, on the table and get a game in against him because I was a big fan of the old model. I was one of the, the few that actually liked the old model. Um, yeah. I, I'm interested to see how the 380 points plays into most uh, games. But you know what? Your work is is awesome. But we're not done yet, man. We're gonna we're gonna yeah. keep uh, we're gonna keep Joseph here on the stage. So. As we said in the beginning of the show here, folks, that he was not only a uh, OCR Bone Reapers player and a Slaves of Darkness player, but you know his gamer ADHD knows no bounds, man, because he's also <laughs> he's also Slanesh, and 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 here's some work. This is a Glutose, right? That's the guy's name. Yep, Glutose Rascalian. All right, Lord man. of Gluttony, the Grand Gourmand. He has many names. <laughs> okay. Yep. I mean, great work, man. So you've been you've been you definitely have not been sniffing glue. Oh yeah, no, I uh, you know I try to hobby every chance I get. I think um, I can speak for a lot of people here that while we've been going through this whole thing, painting because we haven't been able to gain painting is the one thing that it's like you know what you can still do that, you can still enjoy it. It's kind of helping you get through this whole thing, and and I try to approach painting that way myself. It's just you know what, keep going, use this as an opportunity to improve yourself, and and just kind of keep challenging yourself to get better and better and better. You know. Yeah. Well, dude, your your work is uh, your work is awesome, and you're actually thinking about uh, getting into the realm of like uh, some commission painting at some point in time down the road, right? Yeah, possibly. I, I've been thinking about it. I've been getting a lot of those comments and and, and what's the word um, compliments yeah. lately, which has been kind of nice. So mm -hmm. I've been thinking about it. Yeah, well, I, I tell you what, man, it's 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 definitely uh it's definitely something I think you could pull off for sure. Great work. So, uh, but let's keep oh, it rolling, thanks. man. And you know, and and Kid Chaos and Justin, I'm sorry, man, I don't have your uh, 
yeah, I don't have any pictures to show. No show and tell for you guys. None for me. So unfortunately, you're going to get the sniff and glue picture. But um, so so so, Evan, what do you got, man? Are you staying true? Are you sniffing glue? You got some stuff in the hopper, right? Uh, that is the truth. I've been um, I've been keeping a lot on all burners right now. Um, some army secrets, some armies that I can show. Um, for example, I'm currently developing an army that's uh, a little behind the scenes, a little, little bit behind wraps, behind curtains, and stuff like that. I don't know if you've noticed, but I've been posting a lot less in the group chat and uh, just keeping it quiet on social media and all that kind of stuff because I've got something coming up for Armed Forces Day. So um, it's going to hit like a ton of bricks and uh, hopefully do a great job. So sadly, I can't really uh, comment further, but uh, hopefully it's going to go pretty well. And I'm going to tell you right now, folks, I have no idea what it is. So it's, 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 uh, keep it quiet. He, he's like, he's like a mad scientist down there. And you know something, I'm just looking the other way because he's giggling. He's got glue going all over the place. I just leave it alone. Um, well, isn't it? <laughs> it is not, it is not. I will confirm that it is not. So, um, no, 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 no hints, no more hinting. I don't, you know, so, so here's the thing, but Evan, you got some other stuff you, you're, you're planning on doing here in the near future, possibly, you know, getting some content out there, right? Absolutely, yeah. I, I've been inspired by uh, obviously uh, the man, the myth, the legend himself. So, um, it's, it's going to be co- hopefully pretty cool. Uh, what, what was the question? Is he bigger than me? Uh, hopefully not. All right, no. Well, all right. Let's see, I'll have to figure no. that out right now. Um, no, but um, yeah. So I've been hopefully going to get uh, starting up some form of a YouTube channel. Hopefully here in the next uh, next hopefully soon. Um, obviously no no date on it yet, but uh, I just want to look at, look into it and see what I can do. So. Awesome, man. Well, well cool. folks, look out for Kid Chaos, man. He's going to be coming to a, uh, a screen to you very soon, I'm sure. Justin, man, what about you, dude? You staying true or you sniffing glue? Oh, I'm staying true. Uh, the uh, the forest board for Armed Forces Day is in final prep, final la- uh, final layout. It's uh, literally just got the big tree behind me to finish, and it's done. Uh, graveyard board is currently being dried up back there and, and laid out, and that's going to be done here in the next week or two because it's not a very – it's detailed, but it's not super detailed. And then, of course, my my mystery army for Armed Forces Day, kind of on the path of Evan here, no one knows what's coming because it's changed about 15 times over the iterations <laughs> of it. But um, the only thing I could say on it is get ready to wade through 175 wounds. Because well, it is a big list, Justin. You usually bring the heat, man. So it'd be interesting to see what you got, dude. And and I'm and you know, and what I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of talk about Armed Forces Day here real quick. I mean that competition for and, and I want to get into this because we got we got to keep rolling. But the competition is thick. The competition was thick last year and the year before for sure. We're coming into mm-hmm. our fourth year, and truthfully speaking, we have about half of the people that are showing up that I know of are either tournament winners or high placing in major GTs and GTs. Uh, around the Midwest. So take that for what you will. Uh, We got some heavy hitters showing up this year, and uh, that's why I love this tournament because, you know, it's for charity, but, man, it is a fist fight in a phone booth from the minute that first game the dice hit the table. So good stuff coming up on that. Uh, But here, man, I'm going to get on my soapbox here. I can talk about my hobby a little bit, you know, because I haven't for once. I haven't been sniffing glue. I'm actually working on my – finished my my entire Ogre Maw Tribes. I have about – Close to 15,000 points of Ogre Maw Tribes. And uh, finished all the Snogers, as I like to call them. And uh, really, this was just a labor of love, man. I love the Maw Tribes. I love everything that Ogres bring. And, um, and you know, folks, we're going we're gonna to take it one step further. You're going to be seeing the Snogers on the tabletop here very soon because uh, Grimdark Live is going to be presenting to you Grimdark Live Grudge Matches Age of Sigmar Battle Reports that are going to be coming up uh, in the next week or two that we want you all to stay tuned for. These are going to be uh, mid-ranged form-type battle reports. And uh, they are going to um, 
hopefully knock your socks off, man. So stick around for that, and you're going to see the Snogers taking on, uh, well, especially all these bastards here in the show with me tonight. You know, they're going to be beating the hell out of every single one of them, I'm sure. Look at Justin. He's already That's terrified. the truth. They're going to try. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to try. So good good stuff coming up on that for sure. But, uh, but yeah, guys, I'll tell you what, man. I mean, um, good, uh, good, good way that we are, uh, that we are getting into the, uh, uh, the show so far, and, and as I said, folks, we got Joseph Venable here with us tonight to talk about OCR Bone Reapers, and we're going to have Kid Chaos and Justin with us to kind of, you know, help help drag along the show because God knows I need all the help I can get. I'm a little, you know, hungover and don't even know why I'm sitting here, but we're going to get through this together because that's what we do, <laughs> folks. Um, you know, so here's the thing, I, and before we get to the news, before we get to that, we got to do our question of the day. Now, don't answer it now because if you guys ever seen the unmitigated violence that Joseph can get into when when he's disturbed, you know, we don't want to have any of that happen. You know, the other night he went out and got drunk and started a fight with a statue. You know, I've never seen you know somebody chip away marble like that. So and, and so don't do not ever you know answer the question now. But here it is. Here's the question of the day that's going to be coming up later on here on Grimdark Live. So here it is. How confident can a gamer be in their army? when an addition change is right around the corner? That's the question of the day coming up here later on, uh, on, on Grimdark Live. So think about those answers, but, uh, but for God's sakes, man, don't answer it now. Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios. I'll say it again. Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios are the real terrain nerds you all need to be getting your terrain from. Get your commercial laser-cut MDF bases, silicone molds for resin prints, game and hobby accessories like 15 to 28 millimeter terrain, 15 to 28 millimeter figures, and 15 to 28 millimeter vehicles, and a lot more. Get your nerd on with Six Squared Studios. Check them out at sixsquaredstudios.ca. Again, that's sixsquaredstudios.ca. Six Squared Studios. Hey gang, today's news is brought to you by Six Squared Studios. Yep, an awesome company for all your gaming and hobby needs. Six Squared Studios. I'll say it again, Six Squared Studios. So get your nerd on with Six Squared Studios. Check them out at sixsquaredstudios.ca. Again, that's 6-squaredstudios.ca. Six Squared Studios, where tabletop terrain is made by gamers for gamers. Just like their saying goes, gaming accessories made by gamers for gamers. Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios. Tabletop terrain by expert nerds for exceptional nerds. We actually have a lot to talk about here tonight uh, um, on the news. So we're going to uh, yes, get right on going. Yeah, I mean, you know, and we're going to start out, obviously, like, like we always do, with the <laughs> rumor engine. Yeah, so here it is. And uh, I think this one's pretty self-explanatory. I mean, staff for a new chaotic caster, but also could be some kind of weird weapon, I think. What do you guys think? What are we looking at here? Obviously, Zeech, but, but give us your thoughts, man. No, no, it, it's Sylvaneth. What are you talking about? Oh, you've no, been drinking. It, <laughs> yes, a little bit. No, it... it it's definitely chaos. We just don't know what fact, what side, 40k or AOS, because they use the same weapon type for their sorcerers in both that, both games. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's chaos. It's just figuring out whether or not it's mortal or demon, and that'll tell you whether or not it's for one system or both. Okay. All yeah. right. I'm hoping it's a Zeech uh, warrior sorcerer or some type for Age of Sigmar. But Kid Chaos, what do you think, man? 
my guess is that it'll be a transfer model between both, kind of like the Zangors or the um, the Flamers or something like that. Um, my guess is that it'll be some form of demon that they can use for both. Right. Um, because it, this is a business, so if they can sell one model to two people, they're going to do that kind of thing. So. All right. I, yeah, I, I love Very it, man. That's, uh, that's, that's a great way to put it. That's a great way to put it. But uh, I guess we're going to find out next week or when they, uh, when they have their reveals. Now, I know you guys saw this, and, and all next week from Monday to Saturday, uh, the whole community is going to be uh, packed in each day with, uh, with reveals of brand new things coming to Warhammer uh, by G- Warhammer. GW, and uh, as, as well as hearing from some of the teams that are going to be behind them. So this is going to kind of be interesting. It looks like they're kind of taking their Saturday reveal thing here and they're kind of, uh, uh, you know, kicking it up a notch as far as, you know, uh, you know, adding a little steroids to it. I mean, but, um, Joseph, you're the guest, man. What, what are you hoping to see? What are you hoping this little reveal here uh, shows us? Oh God, you know what? I'm hoping that, uh, honestly, a lot of armies that I don't play, I'd love to see, uh, I'd love to see beast men get an announcement. I'd love to see love that. my beastie boys. I'd love to, I, you know, it's when you see something coming, it's it's cool, but it's like it's more fun to see something awesome come out of the woodwork for an army that nobody expected. Those are always, even though I might not play the army, I, I love seeing other people be happy, and I love getting things that I didn't expect or I didn't see coming. Right, right. All right, I, I like that one, man. I like that one. Kid Chaos, what are you hoping for, man? I gotta be honest. Joseph stole the words right out of my mouth. Um, when when Slanesh got those books, or the not the last book, but the book previously, um, when they got that book released, I was super stoked for him. I don't play yeah. Slanesh at all. When Slaves yeah. of Darkness got their book, when Ogre Maw Tribes got their book, so I'm hoping that there's gonna be updated armies that are um, currently lacking right now. So, um, like Sylvaneth, like Beastman, um, I'm hoping that they're they're gonna be uh, boosted with this. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, uh, here here in the next news topic, we got something to talk about that Sylvaneth there, Kid Cass. So so hang hang tight for that one. True, but, true. Um, uh, Justin, what do you think, man? What are you hoping for? Well, looking at the schedule, I mean, Monday the third, we got AOS. We got two days of forty k in there, being a Thursday and a Friday. We box games on on that that coming Thursday, and then of course Saturday is the mystery. Yeah. So, me reading into this is we're gonna get kind of a, a glance at, on the third of anything AOS that's new, be it the new Sylvaneth model, anything for OCR Bone Reapers, anything for destruction armies that are that are, have been missing out of the Broken Realms, things of that manner. But I'm betting that Saturday the 8th, that's when they're going to go live with the release of the 3.0. Uh, well, yeah, I don't know, it's man. Getting clo- it's getting close. They got to do something. They got to hint at it soon. We, we do know that, that. I could see them doing it at the end of Broken Realms for sure. Like, I'm pretty sure well, that's where all these are leading to is the, the big. Is a big 3.0. Right. And well, we don't know if there's a fourth or fifth, how many more books are coming in Broken Realm. Well, here's the yeah. thing, guys. We do know that from our source here at Grimdark Live, we have a source that's very close to uh, Games Workshop that has told us that, a- that AOS 3.0 is definitely dropping in July. But if you guys remember, right. with 40K, with the Indominus, Indominus uh, uh, box set, that was out a month early. So people that bought into that box set were able to get the early 9th edition rule book and all those other right. goodies that came in there, the two armies. I-, I believe there was terrain in that one. Don't quote me on that, but I seem to remember that there was. Or I don't know. But at any rate. In so so it, it is a possibility... Okay, but you gotta you gotta remember that the Adominus box set and that release for that Adominus box set that information was leaked and put out to the community a month prior to it actually hitting the show. Well, shelves. it was also out about a month prior because right you know, people people you had, had a, you had a two you yeah, had a, right. you had a month leak to it hitting the shelves right 
a month early from when it was nationally released as the new update. Yeah, so, so there's, there's a that's possibility why that this is going to happen. There, there is. Yeah. Yes. So that's I, why I buy I'm that. Leaning. That's the only reason why I buy that. Uh, as far as me, what I'm looking for with this uh, with this deliverable here, um, I'd like to see some Soulblight uh, centerpiece models. You know, a, a big dragon-y looking thing. You know, I think that'd be pretty cool. Possibly. Uh, how about this? Uh, you know, the, the, uh, a beast snaga for a, a war, a war boss, beast snaga war boss. I think that'd be pretty slick. Uh, Kragnos, obviously, I, I mean, let, let's, let's talk about the low hanging fruit here on this one. Um, yeah. maybe some old world content, you know, we haven't heard anything about that. The old world that's, that was, uh, that we talked about here a few months ago, that's supposed to be coming out in the next year, year and a half. I'd like to see some old world content, some square base stuff, uh, and black mm-hmm. library soul blight tie-ins. Now that is something I want to say earlier. I would love to yeah. see if black library would go in that direction. Um, because um, I think I think they need more Black Library good rich content books like they used to have with Warhammer Fantasy Battles. But that's just an old guy complaining here for a second. So uh, I'd, <laughs> I'd definitely like to, uh, to to see that come back around. But so we know that we're getting something here next week, starting on Monday. So gang. Hold on to your uh, rear end with both hands, man, because I'm sure GW is going to want to come out with something great. But let's move on here, man. Yeah. And this next one, I got to tell you, I was excited for this. And I was excited for this, Joseph, mainly because of Kid Chaos, because of Evan himself here, man, because he's got this Deathlineth army. And you want to talk about, you know, putting a lot of effort and a lot of creativity. You know, uh, Evan, next time you're on, you got to do your, you know, sniffing glue or, or staying true. And you got to show some of those models. Those things are, are exquisite. But Absolutely. When, when I saw this Sylvaneth, uh, Warsong Revenant uh, get released. Uh, I was ecstatic on that thing. But then I thought to myself, cool, Sylvaneth are making a comeback. All right. You know, um, so when I look mm-hmm. at this thing, when I look at this model and I look at the pictures that were released, the egg holder looks a little out of place. I, I know I'm starting here negative here, folks, and I don't want to go there. But in my opinion, it just looks a little goofy. Um, the rest is really nice. If only there was more of a natural egg holder among the branches, that might seem a little bit more convincing. I mean, it's a gorgeous model to be sure, but yeah, I I, I read a comment, and I, I want to say this real quick before before uh, uh, I, I let everyone kind of beat me up on, on my, my opinion here. I read a comment that sometimes Age of Sigmar models seem to be overly big, and the comment might have been about how cool Bellacore looks without the wings. I, I don't really remember. It doesn't really matter. But the egg crown really draws away from the incredible face and flute horn thing that I suspect was added to create its bigness kind of a thing. Uh, I, I think the model would be improved with placing that arrangement on the ground or, or a, 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 maybe a model a tree or something in the background, maybe put a tree on the base behind it, you know, to put it on or something like that. But that's just me because I'm just an old curmudgeon that wants to complain about stuff. But, I mean, I'm going to throw it over to the one Sylvaneth guy we have in the show. I mean, Kid Chaos, what are your thoughts on this one? I actually agree with that. Um, <laughs> the, the whole model is very, like, treed and, like, it, like, everything looks extremely natural. And then there's that one bit where it's just perfectly, like, almost like – circular almost like, i don't want to call it circular because it's not a circle but it's almost like curved and there's like everything's warped everything's like very like wispy like a tree right. um or, and, and then there's like this one it almost looks like it was like 3d printed in, in like and then you just toss it into a forest um so it, like that part's a little weird for me i would have preferred it to be like somewhere else like maybe like maybe like even like um i don't know on a belt loop or something like that like they've got like <laughs> eggs around i don't I, you, you just, no idea you know what i'm saying like you could just toss it anywhere um well, or just have them on the you, ground you don't see the tie-in to the hishian lumineth realm lords there that that's that's something that I was gonna get at. Yeah, it was like the fact that like a lot of the a lot of the helmets in general are getting a lot larger. Um, but also like yeah, like I'm I'm hoping that all the elves are gonna connect. Um, and that might be a way that they do. So. Well, I'm thinking of spaceballs now with Darth helmet, the really big you know garbage can. Darth like, helmet. Head. But I mean, uh, 
Joseph, uh, what, what do you think, man? I mean, you know, when I look at this thing first, I, I think one of the guys in, the, in, our, in our gaming group, they, they, they put on the chat or something like that, you know, this one time at Bandcamp when I saw the flute, I died laughing when I saw that. But what do you think, yeah. Joseph? What are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I mean, first off, I think I, I agree with Evan's criticism. <clears throat> Overall, though, um, I like the model. It's uh, something that I've always liked aesthetically about Sylvaneth is like they're, they're very dynamic there's a lot going on in, in the models they're busy but not too busy so aesthetically i like it and then from like a gameplay perspective you know we all saw from uh broken realms techless what something like a bile piper can do to an army so any of those smaller those larger models that have those different effects that you can pick and choose and, and kind of affect uh, a wide sphere of the table like this could be game changing and i'm all for it no, I, I actually agree with that. I do want to comment. Like, as far as the model goes entirely, I think the 90% of the model, in my opinion, is great looking. Um, I, I like the fact that it's like like hovering in the air a little bit. Um, I like the fact that it's got like that kind of like the cape almost kind of thing going on. Um, but it, it is it is the my only criticism is the fact that it, it looks very industrial on top of a forest. So like that, that's gonna be my only like like that's my only criticism to it. Um, paint job's also really cool too. So yeah, Justin, what are your thoughts, man? This is literally the cath collar of the Sylvanath. Okay. It's gonna probably go. have the exact same abilities as that crazy that crazy sorceress with her bowl, you know, debuffing people's battle shocks and things of that matter while bolstering the living crap out of all the Sylvaneth around her. I mean, if you read the fl the flavor text on this thing, which was kind of awesome, it was as Ariel was scouring grain in the life and cleansing out the plagues of Nurgle, things like that. This thing was born, so. Yeah, I mean, you know Sylvaneth is getting a boon at some point here. This is partially it, and I'm almost thinking it's going to have the same kind of rule characteristic as the Cathcaller from the Lumineth. You know, guys, I'm sorry. I'm over here giggling because uh, uh, Vizarakith, he, he, he throws out there on, you know, a, a Spaceballs thing, you know, she gives good helmet. I, I'm sorry. You know, it completely <laughs> threw me off. You know, it completely threw me off. The whole Spaceballs thing. You know, I just... <laughs> Thank you very much. I needed that. That was that was you know that was that was very um the childish childishly funny. But I'm gonna roll with that one. I don't I don't even care. I don't even care. We gotta get you know, a luminous player right now. If we're talking about helmets. <laughs> oh no. Oh here we go. No, don't do that. We had a show on that, Joseph. We had a show on that. Um, so 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 real quick, Justin, you had a, you had a quick little popper that you wanted to throw out there at the end of the news regarding the Bellicor book. Give us a, give us a two minute high low on that one, man. This book that they put out is kind of a game changer in a big way for a lot of big named armies that are out there. Um, KO got some some needed love in there with their their triumphs and their upgrades into that. The story arc was awesome, but some of the big winners in this one, uh, and we talked about them a couple of weeks ago, was Lady Olander and the um, the Night Haunt and. They picked up some really big, big bonuses. They picked up two new sub-factions where Lady Olander is a the queen of one of them and Relicor is the king of the other. And both factions picked up new artifacts, new everything. They are, I mean, it's it's crazy how much this book is going to change certain factions. Mm -hmm. All right. I love to hear that, man. I love to hear that because anytime you can get a, a separate infusement uh, with the factions is a good thing. But uh, but here we go, guys. We are going to be coming right back with the Bone Reapers. A public service announcement brought to you by Frag Factory 3D Printing. Many of us have thousands of dollars in miniatures, yet we play on flat tables with books and overturned Tupperware to act as our fantasy and sci-fi landscapes. 
We've all drooled over the tables we see in magazines lush with beautifully created terrain from all genres. The crew at Frag Factory 3D Printing want to wipe that drool from your chin and put it firmly on your friends and fellow gamers when they see your setup. Alien landscapes, desert wastelands, futuristic cities, fantasy outposts, elven forests, demonic stronghold, and so much more. Find out what you've been missing by checking us out on Facebook at Frag Factory 3D Printing or send us an email at fragfactory3dprinting at gmail.com. Bring your own files or we will help you find what you've been searching for. Take your gaming to the next level with Frag Factory 3D Printing. We print life into your games. Tell them Grimdark Live sent you and your first hour of printing is free. Hey gang, in all seriousness, get your terrain on the table and get it with Frag Factory 3D Printing. And remember, tell them Grimdark Live sent you and they'll give you one hour free. You can get them via email at fragfactory3dprinting at gmail.com or their Facebook page, Frag Factory 3D Printing. Frag Factory 3D Printing. Printing life into your games. Now, back to the show. OCR Bone Reapers, man, here we go, and we are going to be paying the tithe here tonight on Grimdark Live. And so let's uh, let's let's roll into this one here, man, because we got an awesome guest with us tonight, Joseph Venable. He's here to talk to us about OCR Bone Reapers. In case you're just joining us, looks like a couple of people have just uh, popped onto the show to check us out. And uh, we got uh, Justin, we got Kid Chaos here, man, ready to uh, to help us talk through this uh, this really bounce back awesome army. But here it is. Let's let's take a step back forward, step backward, and then we can go forward. So, Joseph. Do she do? Do she do? All right, don't start with that again. Um, so, Joseph, here we go, man. There, there's been a lot of effort on the part of Games Workshop in the development of the Osiak Bone Reapers, in my opinion, and and you can tell that uh, this form of development uh, is really the aspect of the lore. And I think they really kind of kept in touch with this army from that standpoint, uh, as, as they are the only force to so far take back one of the arms of the eight points from Archaon and yep. in their mechanics also not having to use command points like everyone else I can tell that they've really put a lot of effort probably more so than any army currently in the game into this army yeah. I think that's one thing that's kept it viable I mean what are your thoughts yeah. on the viability of this army yeah I, absolutely when you, when you when you said that about the unique relentless discipline point mechanic um my thoughts like immediately went to my first army, which is deep. Or my first army was Stormcast, but my second army was Deepkin, and that fundamentally unique means of interacting with the army that nobody else has. Um, I think that Bone Reapers have always been good, but mm-hmm. as we kind of talked about earlier, that Petrifex Elite it was so powerful when it came out. It was too powerful, and it encouraged you to only look at the army through one lens, and this is how you play it. Once. Mm-hmm they nerf that into Oblivion. And you can still play Petrovex Elite, and it's still not terrible, but it encouraged you to actually explore the full breadth of the army and think about it in different ways. And how does it interact with all these other sub-factions that you have in the book that are better now because Petrovex isn't the hot cheese? You know? Yeah, and, and we're going to touch on that when we start getting into the meat and potatoes of this army and how, how really that, since that, that breaking point, and that's really, folks, where we're going to pick up the army post-Petrovex Elite and how it's reacted to that, because I think that's really the best part to talk about this. But in, in similar context to this army, you know, Justin, I remember you saying that you had an interest in this army, but maybe it was more of a hobby piece. But then, Evan, I remember you saying that this was an army you could see yourself playing. And Absolutely. kind of an interesting you know, um, parallel there. I mean, as an army, let me just say this, in Age of Sigmar, um, to play, I'd recommend them to anyone because they are powerful, 
self-sufficient and tough. You know, that's the biggest thing. And mm-hmm. this is an army that, that rewards really any really any style of gameplay. So, I mean, from, from that standpoint, I mean, Evan, you know, when, when, when you look at this army and say that this is something that you would play, knowing how you do play on the tabletop, what is something that attracts you to this army right now? I think um, the, I don't want to call it a bluff, but um, the, the obvious point in which the army is played mm-hmm. is it's tough and it's good in combat. Um, it's a lot like Nurgle in that regard to where, like, you you look at it and the first thing you think of is combat ability and, and staying power. Um, but really the hidden knife, I think, in, in this guy's cloak is um, is their speed. And I think the Staliac Lords is, is that that would be my play style. Interesting. Um, because you have, that, you have that regeneration, you have that durability, you have that um, punching power. And so if you're able to cross the board really quickly, just like Nurgle is, that's why the trees are so powerful, that's really what's going to get people kind of, kind of, kind of scared when they're playing you is that if, if you can add let's say let's say you roll a, a six on your run roll right that's a minimum of a 10 inch movement on your uh mortec guard right so it's like that's you know you know like like and then then able to charge after that i mean that's a, that's, that's an on average after you if you roll, roll that six um that's an average of 17 inches and, across the board and you know i like i, I, yeah, I yeah. like the way you put that because not a lot of people talk about the OCR Bone Reapers as a fast army. So that's a really yeah. cool twist. You kind of took that yeah. one in, in, in the left field. It was kind of cool. But let, yeah. let me, the let me, let me kind of... is extremely fast. Well, oh, I, yeah, actually, yeah. we're, we're going to talk this about... One of my kinda, units. Well, good. I'm glad you said that because I, 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 I kind of like the cavalry of this one, but I'm kind of a cavalry nut. But but Justin, I'm going to go back yeah. to you real quick before mm-hmm. we kind of round this this next piece out here. You know, you were saying that, that at one time that you could see yourself more using this as a as an artistic type of an army with your with your painting skills, which are very good, by the way. But my question to you is, have you changed your tune? Could you see yourself putting this out on the on the table? Oh, no, I, I definitely initially had started ba- with just it being an artistic piece, was just figuring out how to make it look like a Geng- Genghis Khan or samurai, Japanese samurai-esque looking army because of the armor type and the way they're designed. Mm-hmm. That was the initial the initial aspect on it. But after going through and reading about the crematarians and the lore and the history and the way that the game can be played with them, they're they're gonna become one of my premier death armies next to Nighthaunt once they the Nighthaunt gets some tweaks a little bit more than the Broken Realm stuff. And that's simply because there's so much they can do in versatility that as all, everybody's been alluding to. You have starter armies that are out there, and this is kind of like this. I, I don't want to put it into this category, but it ha- kind of have to. Is it's kind of like the Space Marines of Death, you know, like the Death Faction really? Space I Marines. Said the Necrons. They're well, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm talking in order in terms of learning how to play them. Ah, you okay, know, yeah. space, space Marines are across the board. It's like the army everybody goes to to learn how to play the game. This army has that same kind of capability, except there are a lot of little tweaks and things because they have the relentless discipline points. They have the specialty movement that they can do. They have the tweaks and the twist with um, Kragnos or Kyrgios, where he's got a 36-inch range bubble of just, hey, I can affect everything on my table because I got a banner bearer that extends my range. You know, there's so many things they can do that it's like, okay, you want to learn how to play the death faction, and that's where you want to start. OCR Bone Reapers is where you should start. Yeah. Before you jump into a different faction. So, so let me let me kind of throw this, let me kind of sum all this up here because you got all you guys are making great points. I mean, if you want to play cavalry, you can. Infantry spam, right. easy, no problem. Uh, you want stompy magic nonsense, you can bring the gosh. Uh, there I said it. Uh, or Arcan, or, or, or um, Archon, Archon the Black. Archon. Uh, yeah. and, 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 you know, give them your army keyword. You can do that. I mean, this army. 
here, folks, is uh, is really just spoiled for choice. I'm going to just put that phrase right on it right now. And you can do just about anything you want. It, well, I guess except shoot for the most part. I mean, it is death. Which right now, right now, you only have the catapults, but we do know that there are going to be OCR Bone Reaper archers, archers yeah. coming yeah, at yeah, some point. Got it. We know it. Well, okay, I'm that's going to be wicked right now. So, so that that's kind of where I'm at. But right. I mean, at, at the <laughs> end of the day, is here. Just, just one. Well, I tell you. Will be, but we've seen all of that stuff in those those box sets, and for but he's like, really good. Be, become into units. Yeah. So yep. the thing yep. about this army is that we know that it's it's powerful, self sufficient, and tough. I mean, this army can basically reward any play style, any gameplay. So I, I think from that standpoint, we, we kind of understand that. But, I mean, he, here's, what, here's what I want to kind of throw out there. Above all this, you know, powerful units, um, I think that's the standout of this army. Um, your units are unique in their ability to function well without needing to be babysat, as, as much other death armies kind of experience. Um, it's, you know, I, I'm not wrong on that. I mean, death army kind of suffers mm-hmm. from that more than anyone except for these guys. Um, which, you know, when you, when you talk about those death armies needing to be babysat, which usually need their heroes to not, you know, instantly right. crumble before they, they completely fall apart themselves. But or between, be within a certain radius. Right. Between, yep, story uh, of the night the truth. Yeah, exactly. Between above average stats uh, and, and ability for even their rank and file troops to use command abilities means your force can literally split off and hold a relatively stable ground without any help. And that's the thing that I look at this army and go, you know, holy crap, you know, this is, this is really something here. Mm-hmm. I mean, Joseph, yeah. when you were playing the army, did you experience that kind of success? And, and what yeah. can you kind of tell us about that? A- absolutely. Um, to talk about like, not just relentless discipline point, but, Points, which are given, but also the ability for like your unit sergeants or leaders to be able to use a lot of those command abilities. It's um, it's the one faction that makes castling a viable strategy because you can maintain that castle, you can spread it out, mm-hmm. you can put your heroes where you want them rather than where they have to be, and it can still mm-hmm. operate interdependently of each other. So it's something that lets you do that in a way that no other army really does. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, I like the way you put that. I like the way you put that. I mean, Evan, you, you, this was an army you've always been eyeballing, man, and I'm surprised you haven't gotten it on the table yet. But I mean, what are some? I mean, you, you've seen this army. You've played against it. Absolutely. Yeah. I think. I think going back to what Joseph said, I think the only other army in the game that can castle really well like this um, is Skaven. Funny enough, and that's because you can take your castle and you can move it across the board. Oh, no. Um, yes. Just right. completely away from a threat range. Um, but I think that's like. I think. I think he's right on the money with that. I mean, you, if you can take one of your units and and move a wall to your castle into a position where you want it in um it, it's more valuable than teleportation in my opinion so uh, i think that he's right on the money with that okay all right justin do you agree oh yeah definitely they're uh they're definitely get to the objective sit on the objective hold the objective and goddamn get them off because it's not uh, gonna happen yeah and, and, and just you, you, you know they just keep coming back yeah exactly and i mean I play Cities of Sigmar as one of my primaries, and I can castle pretty well with certain factions in there as well, as Evan is well aware of what I can do with that army. He's played Absolutely. against it enough. <laughs> yeah, so and so, so is Joseph. They both played against it. And the only advantage I have over them in terms of is my range is because I have shooting up the wazoo. Right. But, and those goddamn you know, gyrocopters, man. But I still have to cut through the sheer amount of armor and everything else that an OCR bone raper player has as an advantage because not only is it like armor three armor four depending on the target 
you know, they've got a death save that's always there. And then they can bring them back with healing spells. And they've right. got so many creatures that can just say, oh, well, I lost 10 models this turn. Guess what? These two dudes raised that 10 models back. And, hey, you got to do it again. Well, I think I yep. think let's 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 take the army from the top because I we, we kind of hit. We kind of like, you know, shotgun blasted a lot of different points there. So let, let's course. take the army from the top. I mean, I really think that the unique the uniqueness of this army is really their their former command points or lack thereof. I mean, you don't have right. to be so fussy about spending them either. I mean, this when, when you talk about not relying on command points, and Joseph, you started to, to, to kind of tickle this point here just a second ago, this is a bit of a boon and a bane, I'm going to say this, right? Uh, but mostly positive, definitely mostly positive. I mean, yep. I, mean I, I definitely miss being able to reroll my charges. Well, That's a big one. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, God, it, when you miss a charge with Bone Reapers, it hurts. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you don't you don't get command points. So, folks, for all you people that are just kind of joining us, popping on the show right now, listening to what mm-hmm. we're talking about here, what we're referring to is you don't get any command points as other armies do, but you, uh, you, you, but but generate what they call relentless discipline. You heard Joseph kind of pick up on that uh, and, and mention that uh, a little bit ago. But um, each turn is based off of the number of heroes you have available, right, Joseph? Yeah, it's uh, it's determined by the number of heroes you have, and then ultimately the number of units that you have. And there are other command ab- not command abilities, but artifacts that can give you a bonus, spells that can give you a bonus to the amount of right. uh, RDP that you ultimately end up with. And then you retain that for two turns within a round, and then it resets at the beginning of the next round. Yeah, and you know something right. funny. I mean, what what this is so great about this is since they are not command points. They cannot be subject to all the rules and disruption, you know, disrupt command point abilities that are out there. I mean, yeah. but but I think you'll you'll agree with me on this one, uh, just, uh, Joseph, is that the, the downside is you can't use the regular generic command abilities from the core book. I mean, or, or yeah. I guess now that I think about that, because I'm not a, I'm not an OBR player, but is that really a downside? I don't know. They don't. You know, it, they don't you know, have regular command abilities. It's yeah. all they're all relentless. But, real but you can't use the ones out of it. You, what I'm saying. you have, you know, ironically, a little known mm. fact about uh, OBR is you still technically not only do you build command points, but you can steal other people's command points, even though you can't use them. You can take them away if you want to. With, uh, yep. But beyond that, it's like um, when I first started playing the army, I missed the command abilities because I was so or not the command abilities, but the um, the command what's points the word that I'm looking for. Yeah, the command point abilities. Right. But um, the more I started learning about the army, you have some very powerful alternatives, and you you start to miss them less and less as you learn how to use those alternatives. Oh yeah, you have empowered Natterite, you have Natterite shields, you have Link shield. Yeah. I mean, I can go on and on with what right. you can do with relentless yeah, discipline. Great. And you you Extra determine attacks for a unit right. Of you you determine when you're going to use them, when you want to use them, and there's no. There's no reason to hold the points. It, unlike yeah. command points, that's I guess that's the advantage. The big advantage is you don't hold these points. You use them because if you don't yeah. use them, you lose them. Right. You exactly. know, unlike unlike command points where once they're burnt, they're gone unless you have a generator in your system. And there's not a whole lot of armies out there that generate command points. Yeah. Yep. And, and, you know, to kind of kind of peel back from, this, you know, you know so Evan, they have that advantage in turn. Listening to these guys talk, Evan, if you remember that one time we, we were we were referring to how this army was kind of bringing back some of the older abilities from Warhammer Fantasy Battles, because coupled with all this uniqueness as far as their in their their, their own command point system is the fact that this army is immune to fear which I thought was a great throwback. And Evan, we kind of talked about that. I mean, you don't even have to worry about Battleshock tests at all. The, the, the army, uh, who, you know, who, who does even better than, than a bravery 10 of other death armies, uh, you know, as a, as a result, max units become viable, I guess. So you remember that conversation? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and also I want to want to bring up a point. Um, it's really cool to see like, um, 
I don't want to call it the winds of magic, but it's like the winds of command points for ODR. <laughs> OBR. Um, like, like they get to, they get to generate like a, a certain number of them each round. So it's kind of cool to see like almost like mechanics that are similar to ones that were were that um, that old that's old school games. winds of magic pool. Yeah, the, the yep. dice yeah. pool that it was, you used to have. <laughs> End times was horrifying with that, but. Wow. How many, yeah. play, how many dice you got in your pool there? 30. What? Yeah, that's, a, that's, <laughs> that's a whole nother show that we need to do just to bore the hell out of a very few people. Um, oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> but so how about this one? How about this one? I'm, I'm going to throw this out there uh, uh, to Joseph right now. I'm going to pitch the ball there. And then, and then Evan, I want to hear your point on it uh, and then round it back around on this one, Justin. But but here it is. Yep. Every unit, uh-huh. Every unit champion is a hero. Man, I think, I mean, yeah. everyone is a freaking hero in this army. I mean, every unit gets its own command ability and access to their own generic list uh, for the whole army, really, um, using the, they call them a sergeant or something like that, right, Joseph, or something like that? Using yeah, the, Hecatos. Yeah, the, Hecatos, yeah, Hecatos. Right. And I guess these command abilities or ability-like powers allow the unit to buff themselves for, or, or, or each other to increase their, their strengths and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, you know, uh, talk a little bit about that as far as mechanic and how that benefits you as, as, as the player. Could you repeat the question? Oh, I, for a second. no problem. No problem. I was just talking about the uniqueness of the army itself, where, where every, every champion is a hero, you know, everyone in the unit is a hero and, and how they're able to, you know, take these command ability like powers and, and allow the units to buff themselves or each other. And this further goes back to my point when I said this army doesn't need to be babysat. I mean, that, that's, that gives you a, a, a almost a, a blank check as far as not having to worry about mistakes and placement and all that kind of stuff on the table. Right. You can talk to that. Yeah, you know, it, it, it gives you a degree of, of freedom, of movement, freedom, of uh, being able to take certain risks that other armies might not be able to because you, you can operate with a level of independence that other armies don't necessarily have available to them. So you can mm-hmm. take a risk. I can take a unit of Mortech Guard, a 20 blob that in any other army would be dependent on having one or two heroes around them. I can run them over to another side of the board where I need them to be, lock something down, distract or pull away from pressure in other areas and being able to do that without needing a big hero that's a really giant target um over there as well right and risk losing that hero and having my entire synergy fall apart it's a big strength okay yeah yeah i, I would imagine so i mean and, and evan you know you've played against the obr quite a bit and so what are some things that, that in, in that particular you know you got to move that unit that is immune to fear you know, he's going to pass his braveries. It's, it's unit champion is its hero. You got to get those things off that objective. Yeah. Well, well, that's just the feeling of it being elite. I think, I think obviously the army without those Hecatos uh, models yeah. would, would definitely still feel elite, but I think, I think the added addition to where like they are all heroes and stuff like that definitely gives them like the, the stance that they need um, in, in at least the story arcs and obviously on the board uh, as well. So I, I, I like that rule. Um, it's, it's a little overpowered at times because you really can just spiderweb your army across the board right. um, yep. and not really have to worry about some things, especially if you yep. have a very, like, um, chip damage kind of an army, like Skaven or like Slanesh, where they're going to do, like, small bits of damage here and there. Yeah. Um, yeah. OBR is pretty much going to storm right through them. Yeah. Um, so right. if you're able to combine your damage into one unit at a time or one character at a time, I think you're going to be doing just fine. Um, yeah. But I, th- I think that that horrifyingly strong ability in some cases uh, to be able to just send a unit off by itself is is yeah. pretty scary. So yeah. yeah, and to speak to another powerful element too, um, you mentioned the immunity to battle shock, which is huge. One of the things that that OBR taught me about playing other armies is the value of keeping that one unit alive with that one model that is basically just going to shut down whatever it's hitting for another right. turn, just because it's there and being able to keep it there. If they don't kill that last dude, 
it hurts, and it really hurts against OBR. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, you know what? That's a, <laughs> that's a point that you don't think about unless you're actually the OBR player. That's a really great point. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that well, is. if you look at it this way, uh, if you look at it this way, if you got let, let's say you got a unit of ten Mortec and they get hit by nine damage. Mm-hmm. On average, in your average two thousand point army, you're gonna have that unit back up to full strength in one hero phase. Yep, so yep, it's yep. it's a little Absolutely. it's it's a little like oh I just spent my entire turn shooting across the board to chip away nothing, you know. Yep. So it's yep. it's yeah you just spent an entire turn you know canceling yourself out. Yeah, so. God, I mean I I remember a, a game that I had going on with another guy in our group um, a few weeks ago where I mean he launched seventy or eighty attacks at a twenty block of Mortec guard. And maybe kill two of them at the end of it, just because of all those after saves. I mean, it was it was yep. wild. It was the craziest thing I've ever seen on the board with that army. That, that actually, would, that, that wouldn't that, have been a Daughters of would it? No, I think you know, I think it was actually Legions of Gash. Gotcha. Uh, I think about it. it. It was an it was an incredible attack, and just kind of watch it whittle away with those saves. It's just like, right. wow, did that just happen? You know, <laughs> Evan, I totally cut you off, man. What are you saying? No, no worries. I was saying like. Uh, of all the um, uh, Relentless Discipline points you could spend it on, I think that rerolling save rolls for the Martech Guard is the most powerful. Um, I think second to that probably is, you know, the Natterite weapons of some kind, but um, I, I just think being able to just, like, because really that, that's what the army's designed for. It's, you know, it's just, just stay there. So if you, if you have just an inherent um, ability to where you can just reroll all of your armor saves, it's, I think that right, I think that right there is the cherry on top of the cake right there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, we've thrown around a lot of unit names, so let's kind of let's kind of talk about these <laughs> units here a little bit more in depth, because I think I think that's going to kind of help us round out a little bit of, of, of a more of an understanding and kind of sink our teeth into a little bit this into what this army is. So we know that they don't have a start collecting box, you know, and I know that, yeah. and I think that's why you don't see a yeah. lot of OCR Bone Reaper armies out on the tables, and and obviously without that without that happening, that's not you're not going to be getting a bunch of models together at once. So. I think the boon to this army's current... I'm saying that a lot, boon. I don't know why, but I'm going to roll with it. Uh, the boon to the uh, army's currently limited unit selection, uh, I would have to say, and, and low model count to the army makes it um, pretty easy to buy separate boxes to, to get going with. But I also think that there's a... Uh, um, I don't want to put it. It's, it seems like this army is kind of under the radar until it hits the table. And then you're like, wow, what the hell did I just fight against? I know that I know there's someone that's fought against Oceanic Bone Reapers quite a bit. Um, that's kind of how I feel. But you don't see a lot of the army around. So, um, and I think that's one of the reasons why. Because I don't think they're overly priced. So from a monetary standpoint, Joseph, you think they're pretty reasonable though, right? I mean... Yeah, yeah. I would definitely say they're, they're reasonable. I mean, the fact that you get a 20 block of Mortec Guard in a single box um, is huge. And the fact that I only have to think about buying three of those and then... I've got right. like my core unit, my battle line is all set up. Um, every every single box that you get feels valuable, right. um, and you don't feel like you need to, to accumulate a lot of it. Like something like building for like a siege, which I'm currently working on right now. You know, you get that box of pink horrors, you get that box of blue horrors and brimstones. And then, oh, I need to buy another one to get the full um, effectiveness of the whole unit. You don't have that with OBR. Everything that you get feels good, and it's I think it's priced right. Sure. All right, so let's start with the battle line here. I'm going to throw this at you. Mortec Guard. I mean, this is your this is your rank and file unit. If you can really say oh, yeah. that about Red these guys, because this is more like your freaking elite to any other army, but this is your rank and file at 130 points for, for 10 models. Uh, these guys are surprisingly cheap for what they do, and I think it's almost kind of like a robbery a little bit, but um, they, they have a very respectable 3-plus to hit and a 4-plus to wound with a negative 1 rend, I believe. Uh, I, th- I think I'm right on that. Um, and their unique command ability lets them re-roll all saves, making them really damn near impenetrable 
and and once they get that you know shield wall or however you want to put it uh you know you're, you're not you're not cracking that nut i mean so i think you're going to see a lot of armies building around the Mortec guard right yeah absolutely it's it's the it's the core model of the unit um it's going to be your bread and butter generally whatever you're putting on the board unless right. you're really trying to go out there for a cavalry list which i think can do it but Mortec, the, the strengths are just so obvious yeah yeah, I mean, Evan, what are your thoughts on the Mortec? Let me ask you this. Swords um, or spears? Oh, swords, easy. Oh, swords. Um, swords every yeah. time. Any day of the week, I like the sword. spears, but swords. Okay. I got Yeah, I have to agree with him on that one. I, I When I first saw the models for the first time, I was looking at the spears, and I was actually really hoping that the spears were actually going to be the better option. Um, but that rend just puts in so much work, especially after the additional attacks and yeah. the fact that they're only threes to hit, um, right. fours to wound, but they're only threes to hit. Um, that rend just really, that's really, it's what makes the difference. It saws through them pretty quickly. Yeah. And honestly, it, it, you know, their base size isn't that huge and you don't really take them in units of 30 too often. So the reach isn't really that important. Yeah. And, and, you know, Justin, I want to get to what you have to say about this in a minute, because I want to hear what you have to say after I say it, because usually you kind of come out of left field with something kind of wonky. So I want to throw this out there. My opinion with the Mortec Guard is I got to agree with you guys, you know, Kid Chaos and, and, and Joseph for sure, that I like them with swords rather than spears. Um, you know, with that with that negative one can, can mean a lot. It, it really improves your odds against units with, with excellent saves and really can potentially negate saves from weaker enemies altogether. So I, I do kind of prefer the... Uh, uh, the swords. I mean, these guys are slow, right? I think they're four inches moving. Yeah, I think they're only like four inches without any mm -hmm. type of assistance. I want to throw that out there because you know, Evan, you brought up the speed point, but it's just right yeah. off the war scroll, they're four inches without any assistance, and they're generally good for holding ground, not taking it. But with that said, Justin, what is your take on the on the weapon loadout for these guys? Depends on where they're used. See, folks, sword left field. <laughs> sword. Okay, so here's here's the reason why. Protecting heroes. Swords and board. Protecting artillery, sword and board. Taking objectives and holding objectives, spears. Oh, okay. I mean, do tell. Okay. So the reason I would say spears for taking objectives is, one, you have a two-inch reach. You can six-inch deep that entire unit right on top of that thing all the way back, rank and file, two-inch spear out, and no matter what angle they hit you on, your entire unit's poking them to death. Yeah, those are what, Joseph, 32-inch bases on those suckers? Yeah. 25s. Uh, 25s, yeah. Oh, so okay. Like they're, right. uh, under yeah. they're tiny. Other, and if you're using a spear, like, you do definitely get that extra range. You All have right. a 6-inch bubble around that objective. And yep. if you put 30 spearmen on that objective with a with one of the other heroes in it, predominantly the bone shaper is who I would yeah. put there. Yeah. That unit's going to have a two inch reach on anything coming in and at 360 degree range that can yeah. resurrect and nothing's going to get to the core. Right. Absolutely. Right. And you know what, if you're, if you're going up against something that doesn't have a super high armor save, you don't or necessarily, the or the reach to cut it's into not, the unit. Not, you know, it's not the be all end all in every situation. Sometimes if you're going up against a huge unit, you're going to want those spears. Yeah. All right, well let's 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 talk about the next unit here. All right, because because uh, I, I want to get to the one that's my personal favorite. See, Joseph, it's all about me today. I'm kidding. All right, you're the guest. <laughs> um, the, the Death Riders, man, the Cavalos Death Riders. Uh, I, I'm a cavalry yeah. junkie, man. I, I love them. I mean, this is your cavalry in this army, uh, and 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 that speed is needed. You know, of course, unless you're like Evan and you can figure out the way to do it, because that's what he does, and I don't know how the hell he does it. Uh, but uh, but this is your, these guys move 12 inches. You know, 15 at at relentless discipline point, which allows them really to serve a role 
most cavalry uh, need to be able to serve, and that's grabbing objectives and picking off units that that maybe are somehow separated from from the larger group of the army. So, I mean, have you, Joseph? How have you used this awesome unit? My personal favorite in the army. Yeah, uh, you, you know, one of my favorites too. Uh, my early lists, I actually wanted to get away from going with the with the huge Mortec guard blobs because it's like those are the obvious strength. And I, I, when I'm learning an army, I like to play a little against the curves so that I can appreciate other things about it. So I was running with like 10 Death Riders for a while, split into groups of five. And sure. spe- like specifically with the battalion mechanic, where you can get like an additional three inches on your pylon after you've moved in, right. is huge. Okay. And not only that, they're, they're a cavalry unit that you don't have to be afraid to use because they can't run away and they have a decent wound count. You can get them up the board capture that objective and feel good that you know what they're not more tech guard but they're still probably going to be there a while okay that's that's a really great way to put it i, I like i actually really like the way you put that that made a lot of sense because um you know i i think a lot of times i take for granted with cavalry units that, that everyone's going to be a mornfang unit and they're they're, yeah. they're they're just not but i mean you know i know a lot of times evan you compare a lot of cavalry to obviously your your york warclans your pig riders so i mean what is yep. your thoughts on this particular cavalry unit well you can't use them like pig riders that's no. right off the bat no um, way no way i'm sorry I mean, I mean, for everyone watching gore grunters that's what i meant i was just being kind of i, was being yeah, I mean there i was calling pig riders because it's funny right what pork um, torpedoes yeah 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 pork <laughs> torpedoes yeah whatever, whatever you want to, whatever wacky name you want to throw at them i think they're going to be okay um but pork as far pizza? as the um <laughs> there you go there you go actually i like that one the best um <laughs> as far as as far as the units go though i think one to two units of them is fine uh, i think anything more than that is a waste only because really what you're there for is to stiff arm your opponent um and then capture the objectives and i think if you've got 20 of them 15 of them um like god forbid 25 or 30 of them in an army i, I think you're yeah. just gonna get you're gonna get, actually fun enough despite being one of the most one of the toughest armies in the game i think you're gonna get worn down yeah okay so it's just because right. like their, their points are used for speed um and in speed specifically in the first turn so Okay. That, that, that's really my viewpoint on them. If if you yeah. use them anything, if you use them like more tech guard, if you use them like the Morgast, um, you're not gonna have really good games with them. Um, but if you use them like a like a stiff arm, like a, like the your um dead, you you play the um uh, beastman a lot. If you use them like yeah. yeah yeah, if you if you use um uh the death riders like Tuscor chariots, oh, you're gonna sure. be just fine. Yeah yeah, the weenie weapons. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Heck yeah. Exactly yeah. yeah. All right. So yeah. I think that that's really what they what they're designed for, and I think they do it really well, but. That's really yeah. where they they fall. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Is. It's like a very specific purpose. It's not an all-purpose unit. But that's but that's yeah, kind of cavalry. They in can general, be right? though. They can be though. Okay. Well, do tell. They they, they definitely can be. Um, combination of characters uh, using uh, what's his name? The let me find it real quick. His name Cavalos uh, Zantros, the actual leader of them. Okay. Plus the battalion. Plus. Kiritos and ten men units. They're across the board. Turn one, slamming into you with their death chart with their death rider wedge, which does mortal wounds upon the hit. The mm-hmm. liege cavalos coming in, adding bonuses to their nadrite weapons, which activate doing double strikes. Plus, they get a six inch pylon. They're moving eighteen to twenty five inches in a, in one turn. They're across the board. They're in you, and they're mortal wounding you upon hit. Okay. Yeah, all right. Well, that's that's a, that's a good point, Justin. That's a good point, man. And they can to... easily turn on the spot and do it to another portion of the board. Got yeah. it. Yeah. The the, the only it's issue with, the with that kind of a build. Choice, but they can do 
Yeah, I, I I like the cavalry build. It's just that if a well-screened army is there, like if you've got a unit of clan rats there, then all those buffs are destroying a 120-point unit. You yeah. know, so it, it's but a little... Riding, but you know, they're riding through it and going right into your meat after that. True, but in, that's if you don't get blown up by a warfighting cannon or a countercharge or something else. Yeah. So. Oh, this, is, this, is gonna throw, this is going to fly right in the it, face it is. of my list I have, I've generated. So, damn it. All right, well, here we go. <laughs> and, but, you know, that's what Evan does. Evan always like looks at my list and is like, boy, nice job on coming up with this thing. I'm going to beat the crap out of you now. Great. Um, all right, Joseph, I'm going to throw, throw it out there, man. Give us a give us a hilo on the leaders of this army, man. Whether you're talking about the Liege Cavalos, or you're talking about you know Catacros. Uh, uh, there you go. Blah, 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 blah. Blah. Sorry, folks. Um, yeah. So go ahead. Let me let me. Let me I'm gonna throw it out. Yeah, there. I guess. Leaders, I mean, when, when I'm when I'm thinking about my uh, my big three staples is yeah, obviously the the big man Catacros himself. Yeah. Um, just a a huge buff factory. He was the first oh. model I think that we saw. Um, on the tabletop that interacted with an entire army in exactly the way that he did, uh, being able to give yourself those um, those plus one to your saves within the 36-inch range bubble, being able to steal command points from another opponent, um, ju- just all of the utility that he brings to the table oh, is yeah. huge. He's and- an amazing centerpiece model. Um, one of my favorite things that I've ever painted ever just because he was so much fun. And um, being able to pull off all those individual characters as he takes wounds, he... Um, gets more powerful the more of his henchmen that you take off he gets more physically intimidating oh yeah and just kind of seeing the way that he develops like in real time throughout a game is really cool and it was one of the first models that we saw that did that um the next two that come to mind for me that are my particular favorites are the uh the soul mason specifically because of his ability to let me pull him up really quick oh you're talking about the you know i think i think yeah the soul mason I think he's the most expensive wizard of the bunch, really, if, if my memory serves me right. I mean, not yeah. counting, obviously, he's, uh, he's the Hulk most expensive Morton, wizard, but... but he has a lot of utility, like specifically that soul guide ability where casting value of six is successful, uh, successfully cast, pick one friendly Bone Reaper unit wholly within 24, right. and you can reroll you can the re-roll hit rolls of one. Yep. Like, and that's kind of what Bone Reapers is also really good at, is it doesn't just do everything automatically. You have to really hone in on your synergies using the right endless spell, having enough relentless discipline points to get off the right abilities at the right time, and all of those abilities synergize together perfectly, and this is part of what makes him powerful, To where you can take a unit of Mortec Guard that, like you said, is really good at taking things, right. but not as, or really good at capturing things, but not necessarily good at pushing forward, and you can totally flip that on its head, and there, all of a sudden you've got 40 wounds coming at you at a minus one, yeah. uh, and how do you deal with that? Right. It's, it's chip damage taken up and not just like a Yeah, you know, and, and to kind of to kind of go back on your point first with uh, Catacros. See, I could I could pronounce his name Justin. Uh, uh-huh. So so to go back with that one, uh, you know, he he's really seen a big surge in popularity once Petrofex Elite died down. I mean, that's the first thing I want to kind of throw out there. I mean, many of his buffs apply to all the Oceanic Bone Reapers, but since he counts as a uh, Mortis um, a Praetorians, uh, um, one of his one of his command abilities is improved in that army. So I think that's a big buff for Catacros there. And to go back to the the Soul Mason, the the Mortane Soul Mason, on his own. I'll say this right now, at least from what I've read about him, uh, this is a, a pretty good unit, but he can also potentially cast one to three additional times fairly reliably. I think yeah, that in yeah. itself is mm-hmm. a pretty is a pretty beefy reason to take that uh, character, to take them as, as, as a leader, in my opinion. So, 
I mean, uh, Evan, leaders, what do you think, man? I think he's a good second place to the bone shaper. Um, oh, I, wow. I think I think re- resurrecting. I, yeah, yeah, I said re- I think resurrecting three models is worth more than an extra cast because um, you can fail that cast, but you can't fail three wounds. Especially no. the artifact with the bone reaper or the bone shaper is so I think underappreciated, especially when you give him that artifact where you can do it up to D three units instead of just one. That's yeah, I, I really I really think it it comes down to the war chanter and the. Um, the weird knob shaman. I think that the weird knob shaman. It's similar to this case. Is a good model, but you're not going to take him over the war chanter. And in, in the same way, yeah. you're not going to take the bone shaper, um, in or the soul mason in place of the bone shaper. So, um, the heal uh, not, on him. Yeah, not to say it's yeah. a bad model or it's a bad rule set. It's just there's just a better model out there and it's cheaper. So that that not? heal that heal is great, but there's also one very glaring overlooked for uh piece of the hit, and it's his magic, and, and that's yep. that's that shard storm. It's a casting value five. Roll a dice for every model within eighteen you know, inches you know, of it. Justin, every six, it's a wound. Justin, it's a shard, moral wound. Yeah, Justin, that shard storm happened to me after a couple of burritos. Oh I yeah, well, terrible. that's your fault. I'm just but the, the simple <laughs> fact that thing, the thing is that it's a mortal wound generating eighteen inch bubble or eighteen inch range that on the six you're doing mortals. So it's a five casting mortal wound generator. Mm-hmm. So you hit a thirty. You get a third. You get a thirty-man unit in range of this thing, and I, I know I keep saying big thirty-man blocks like we see them on a regular, mm-hmm. but how many sixes are on average are you going to roll against when you're rolling thirty five. dice? You know, five, yeah. five yeah. to five to yeah. five to ten yeah. if your if your dice are hot. So yeah. that's five mortal wounds to a unit that can't afford to take five mortal wounds. You know, yeah. you know. I want to, I want to kind of piggyback off this because you guys obviously, boy, you guys know a hell of a lot more than I do. Um, you know, this, this, this bone shaper. You know, I'm going to say this right now. To me, and and having played against this army, bone reapers are generally pretty frustrating to kill in the first place. So now that you can bring them bastards back with just a, uh, you know, it really just compounds the pain. And I think the real value of this mortis and bone shaper here is, I think, due to the psychological aspect of this particular ability to be able to bring these bone reapers back. I think that's why a lot of people would take him because that's going to focus fire. Uh, that's going to leave the rest of your army to kind of do whatever the hell they want. If they know that this guy is going to mm-hmm. be on the table, they got to take, they got to take care of that. That psychological effect yeah. is really, is really huge. I think that's the, I think that's the underlining thing about that, about that particular yeah, right. character. He's, he's also well, that, not as big of a target as the harvester. He's not as easy to kill. Oh, right. But even, but, he, but even with that fact, you take the artifact, like you were saying, you put it, yep. On yeah. this guy, because of his ability staying target OCR Bone Reaper, he attacks or targets anything, including himself. Yeah. So if he takes the damage because he gets da- whatever, it's up. I heal three wounds to myself and don't even have to roll yeah. for it. It's just three or, wounds. Or do it to Catacros and well, one of your right or whatever he back. you know that that's I found to be one of the most devastating defensive lines is Catacros with twenty man mortar guard with sword and board and one of these dudes standing next to him. Okay. And yeah. guess what? You've got a a, a wall that's not going away. So with a 36 inch bubble effect. So here's one for you, uh, Joseph. Here's one. Archon the Black. Yeah. Give, give us your high low on oh, Archon I love the Black. It. I love it. Um, you know, when I when I first got into the army, I had uh, I had Neferata left over from a vampire army I was thinking about starting. And when I started Bone Reapers, you know, I popped her off, I repainted the mountain, I put Archon on there, and I gave him a try. And oh my God, just being able to put a model on the table that knows every single spell in your book. Yeah. and can just use it whenever he feels like it. I mean, that, I think that was the first time I ever felt like a god on the table, was just being able to flip, just literally pulling out the book, flipping to the page, and just like, yeah, I have all of this. That was like, that was a crazy experience. He's great. I love him. Yeah. 
Yeah, you know, it's funny because he he's that one character that I could kind of accept as far as like like the like the like the big boys yeah. in in the death world, you know, you know, Nagash, you know, he bothered the hell out of me. He completely ruined 2018 for me in the gaming world. Um uh, <laughs> he did. And, and, he did. Yeah, and and Archon the Black is one of those ones that I've always been able to to accept. But, uh, but we're going to keep the conversation going here. We, we are definitely we got a lot more to talk about here with the Oceark Bone Reapers, and we're going to come back and talk about a couple of uh, of big units themselves. Man, stick around. Hey gang, I wanted to take a break in today's show to introduce one of our sponsors and a great store for all of your hobby needs. That's GameStorm Gaming in Lamont, Illinois. Open seven days a week. 12 to 12. GameStorm Gaming has got you covered for all of your hobby and gaming needs. They got Magic the Gathering, War Machine, X-Wing, Game of Thrones, Force of Will card game, PC gaming and repair, Warhammer 40k, and Age of Sigmar, and a ton more. Grab paints, brushes, cases, dice, and a lot more at GameStorm Gaming in Lamont, Illinois. Stop in and see John and the gang there at GameStorm Gaming, located at 1243 State Street, Lamont, Illinois, or check them out on their website at GameStormGaming.com. Again, that's www.GameStormGaming.com. They also stay open past midnight for special cases and events, so get over there and get your nerd on with GameStorm Gaming, 1243 State Street, Lamont, Illinois, 630-243-9330. Again... That's GameStorm Gaming, 1243 State Street, Lamont, Illinois. GameStorm Gaming is a proud sponsor of Grimdark Live. We hope to see you there. Hey, you Grimdark goons. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. But hey, if you're new to the Grimdark Live experience, please don't forget to subscribe, follow, and like our show. This way you'll always know when it's time for Grimdark Live. And, if you're a returning listener, thanks for being back. We love all you dice-chucking-boo-sniffing-gamer goons. Also, please recommend us to your friends, as Grimdark Live is a great show to get your nerd on every week. And if you like some after-ear action, give our podcast a listen after the live show. The podcast is typically published a couple of days after the live show. The link to the podcast is in the show notes below. And if you're already listening to our podcast, you rock, man. And... If that ain't enough for you, check out our website at www.grimdarklive.com. Again, that's grimdarklive.com. All right, now let's get back to the show. All right, here we are. We are back to uh, to continue, continue talking about the Osiarch Bone Reapers, and, and boy, these guys were really badgering the hell out of me, you know, behind the commercial. These ingrade bastards, you know. I'm trying to, you know, do something professional here, and these guys are, you know, talking about, you know, sharding after burritos and everything else. But one thing you guys did bring up that I thought was kind of interesting is, uh, uh, you know, Kid Chaos. Go back to that point you were making uh, uh, about Archon the Black. Archon the Black is a really reliable. I think I think he's actually well versatile. Um, because he's so reliable, like I think Joseph said this um in during the break is that he can he can have any of those spells and stuff like that 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 he's looking to carry. Um, and on top of that, he's got that that fishing rod in his back pocket. He can he can use that Curse of Years spell um and do a bunch of mortal wounds to a unit that really didn't want to take mortal wounds. Um, it's got decent range. I think it's 18 inches or something like that. It, it's got decent yep, range yeah, on it too. Inches. 
18 inch range. So it's like, it's not, it's not like, it's not like a six inch or nine inch spell or something like that where you got to be in their face. You can, you can hang back yeah. and, and cast that line out and, and kind of fish for those, those mortal wounds. So yeah. he's a reliable hero. And if you get lucky, he can, he can well make up his points. So yeah. I, I would honestly recommend it to most bone reapers players, especially if they're new. Okay. All right, Joseph, uh, you agree with that, Joseph? You got it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I'm the, the spell that I'm thinking of initially, like the, the big one that, that really speaks out to me when it comes to what Ark in the Black has access to is, I think it's Hand of Nagash, where he puts that on himself, and the moment that he takes wounds but doesn't die, you can pick him up and put him anywhere on the board that is outside of nine inches of another enemy unit. And it, it kind of negates the penalty of bringing a monstrous unit, which is that, you know, he's going to get focus fired, taken down, locked up in combat, and you're going to lose his usefulness. Mm -hmm. He can pick himself up and just send himself wherever he needs to be, wherever you need him to get him out of combat and back into casting spells right. and, and doing shenanigans on the board. It's huge. You know, it, it, it's it's the, the versatility and the viability of these, of these leaders, especially, is what I think is most impressive. But, you know, folks, if you guys are, are, are kind of picking up on where we where we left off uh, earlier, I mean, I guess the sentiment of this army here is Oceanic Bone Reapers are a lot like Stormcast. Uh, they prefer a hammer and anvil style of play. Um, you know, yeah. you, you know, you're going to use your tough infantry to tie up your opponent, mm -hmm. while your your faster hitters, you know, catch them in the rear, or your you know spellcasters lay down, you know, any type of spell damage that they're very good at doing, by the way, and even your tank units are heavy hitters. So. Um, this is, and I've, as I've said, sounds in the like a hell of a Saturday night. Well, <laughs> I was about hey, to say, hopefully, I don't hit him in the rear. Boy, Oosh. I'll tell you what. <laughs> I, I, wow, you know what, folks? He takes after his mother. He really does. Um, hey, you know, Justin in the rear with the spears. But oh boy, was, see, that's a different <laughs> show, Joseph. That's a that different is the weirdest Doctor Seuss book I've ever read. <laughs> that is a different show. <laughs> <laughs> okay wow all right and you know i never read him that book all right here it is so let, let's 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 kind of wrap up the units here with the other units here joseph and let's talk about some of the uh, the heavy hitters themselves we got we got the uh we got the harvester and we got the mortec crawler man you pick one tell us about it tell us the story man uh you know what the, the uh let's go with the crawler i think i have to go with the crawler interesting um, i was betting you were gonna pick yeah. up the mortech uh, oh the uh, the the harvester but all right let's roll with the, oh, uh, the crawler. You, you know what? i uh, i as much as i like the lawnmower he's great um the the big thing that brought me to this army was skeleton catapults well it's I mean, your, it's your one that i saw that, that model so far yeah and you know it's like it's one of those models where it's like it's you don't really kind of see all the depth in it until you're like looking at it and you're putting it together and you're seeing all the pieces that go into it and all, all the different levels of like nuance, but it looks cool. But then on top of that, just like, uh, it's a little swingy, but it's definitely wow. fun when you have two or three of them on the table and you're just lobbing shots. Mm -hmm. Um, you can do five damage. You don't necessarily have brand, but if you're hitting something squishy, it goes through, uh, they can, they can hit hard and they're just great to look at. Well, it's good for, it's good horde control basically, right? Yeah, absolutely. And then you also control. have the, the cursed steel is the other, favorite ability that I have oh, where you can that's just right. I keep forgetting about that one. Yeah. And you can use it. I think you can use it while it's in combat. And like once your crawler has taken a number of wounds, it increases the damage that that particular ability uses. And you can just smash a hero off the board. It's just kind of a last like, eh, so this is a total late game unit right here or late game ability that cursed uh, steel. I mean, it, it's, it's, this yeah, is really it, it gets better as the crawler takes. Wounds. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I think well, obviously crawlers are extremely popular, and 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 it's common to take one and up to really three. I think you can uh, are are really not yeah. unheard of, or, or you know, I guess depending on the list. But you know, I've seen typically about two of them uh, in the list. I mean, 
you know, uh, Evan, what do you think, man? Which 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 one of these which one of these is your favorite, man? The harvester or the crawler? Harvester, easily. Okay, tell easily, us the story. Yeah. Um, it's it, well, it depends, I guess, the game you're trying to play. If you're if you're looking at competitive lists and stuff like that, um, regenerating troops is always the way to go with more um with yep. I, I, guess, I guess the more tech bone reapers is really what what they're called in the competitive scene um <laughs> so um yeah. being able to regenerate oh, yeah. those troops is is just the name of the game i'm um, not to say the shooting is bad the shooting is actually re- pretty decent if you're yep. h- hitting targets that are that are that are squishier or, yep. uh, i think justin said this too like that are monsters as well most monsters are going to have a four up or a five up armor save so um taking five damage on a half chance or a, a third of a chance to save it is yep. a little, you know, you gotta, you, gotta, you, you know, it's a, it's a little scary. Um, so, I um, it's a handrunner's worst I would nightmare. Go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I would, I would go with uh, harvester though. Okay, yeah, I, I would go harvester. All right, that's kind of interesting. I, I, uh, I kind of felt, I kind of figured that. I kind of figured that because that kind of fits into a little bit more of your play style. But um, I, 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 I had to ask. I mean, of course, Justin, you're probably gonna come out of left field with something weird. So, so what do you think, man? Which, which one do you prefer? Both. <laughs> See, oh, your left, left oh. field. I think you did that on purpose. Harvester, <laughs> har, har, well, no, and, and there, there's a reason why. The harvester is almost a necessary take. It, it it really is because it's within radius. Anything dies on a four plus, you're bringing stuff back. So yep. almost any list where you're trying to resurrect your troops, it's a it's a necessity. Okay, you know, and you put the bludgeons on there, and then it becomes a wrecking ball that's bringing stuff back, and it can survive in the front line with with screens and everything around it. But that crawler. That crawler has its place in almost any list out there as well, just because of the fact that it can get four shots and can do 20 damage a turn. Okay. Yep. All right. You know, and if you got two of them, that's that's a son of Beamot. Done. Well, yeah. I uh, I and and look, we, we got a guy in our gaming group that might need to might need to face one of those things, that bragging bastard. Hey, I'm oh, sure he's watching. Hi. Them. All right. So here, so four, here we four, go. Four hundred points, two Let's, of them. Guarantee. You know, Let's start talking about lists. Let's start getting into this. I mean, you know, uh, and I'm going to go back to this before we introduce, because, uh, you know, Joseph, you got a couple of lists, and, and, and Evan, you got a list that you want to show off too, right? Yep. All right. Well, well, well Justin and I are going to make fun of the list then. Justin, you ready? Sounds good. I'll okay. tear them apart. Yeah. <laughs> so, so here it is, guys. Um, uh, once upon a time, Petrifex Elite was really your go-to selection. I got, I got that. Everybody knows that. And uh, there was very little contest at that time. And folks, you know, if, if you're just learning about this army, Petrifex Elite is out of date. All right, it's not around anymore. It's not really a thing anymore, as of the most recent FAQ for for OCR Bone Reapers. But in in my thought process, and Joseph, I need you to correct me on this before we get to your list. And you got some pretty good ones coming up here. The current favorite leans towards the uh, Mortis uh, uh, Praetorians. Am I correct on that? But I think this has more to do yep. with the fact that that many of the named characters are already in a legion, giving them excellent synergy with each other. I think that's the biggest key to that this type of uh, a build with the uh, uh, Praetorians. Uh, the legion itself is fine, but you can make good arguments for many of the other different sub-factions, which I think, you know, in, in looking at your list here. So let, let's, let's take your... Um, uh, first list, if, if you don't mind me uh, pulling this one up to kind of show everybody, yeah, because totally. I think, I think your, I think your first list is the one that, um, I, I guess we'll just call it list number one, right? I mean, that's probably the best way to, we'll, we'll pull it up here. So, so go ahead and talk yeah. us through this list here. I mean, this, well, here it is, the, the Praetorians. Let's talk about it. Yeah. I mean, th- this list is, is pretty much like your, your standard bread and butter, what you're most commonly going to see competitively, I would say. Um, a couple blocks of Mortec Guard. I like to personally run them in 20s just because 30, and I've noticed this about a lot of Horde units, 
once you start running them in blocks of 30, more often than not, they lose value, and it's just kind of adding into a redundancy that you don't necessarily need. So okay. running them in blocks of 20, it's it's giving you the, the attacks that you want without the point cost um, right in the pocket for me. But uh, the big thing to talk about, I think, is, is Mortis Praetorians, because, like, obviously the big draw to them is that they – that legion operates with uh, Catacros in a unique way. You have some additional utility there. You get access to uh, Arch Cavalos Xantos, who, you know, for 20 points, is a substantially better liege Cavalos than your standard liege. So you have that little kind of like caveat there. But then on top of it, um, the big draw for me, and I always like Mortis Praetorians for this reason, was Counter Strike. Um, you're going to get charged. You're not always going to be the person in that scenario where you're getting the charges off and you're in control of that situation. Sometimes you're going to get hit in the face. And being able to just reroll all of your hits with Counter-Strike sure. because you were charged is a huge reactive ability that I think is fun. It's something I love using. And when I get the opportunity to get it off, I'm putting it on three or four, possibly five units, depending on how big the charge was. Sure. And they're all dishing out just as hard as they're taking it, you know? Yeah. I mean, it, it's a, it, it's it's a pretty it's a pretty darn good list. I mean, I, honestly, it, but it but it seems to me to be the main what you what your first list out of the two that, that we're going to look at here is yeah. really more the competitive esque list. I mean, you're, this is what you're going to see at tournaments for the most part, right? I, I, I'm yeah. not to say that your yeah. second one that we're going to look at here in a little bit isn't, but I think the other one seems to me to be a little bit more of a uh, a flexible list. It can be as competitive as yeah. it can be relaxing, but this one here seems yeah. to be a little bit more of a you know punch you in the face type of a list. Yeah, like if we, if we were talking just competitive, I would say that this is probably more flexible than my second list. But um, it, it's definitely there, there are no breaks on, on this list. It is it is built to do what Bone Reapers do best, and there's no way to kind of mitigate that. Where the other list, it's a bit more niche. Um, it's a bit more calm. It's it's got a little bit more unit diversity in it. Like you can kind of tone it down a bit. Okay. All right. All right. Well, that's, uh, I, I'll tell you what, man. I mean, you know, you play the army, you know it pretty well. And uh, Kid Chaos, I mean, Joseph, Joseph we're going to have to take a look here because Kid Chaos actually came up with a list that we're going to kind of throw on to kind of give a break between uh, between between your yep. two lists here to take a look at. But uh, uh, we're going to throw this up here and, and, and see about um, see about this one. So, uh, uh, Evan, you ready to talk about your list? Hmm. Absolutely. Okay, so this one, this list here is probably the craziest OBR list you've probably ever witnessed. Um, it's it involves a lot of units, like exactly like the or actually involves the unit harbingers that you pretty much don't see on the board. Um, main reason is that 3d6 charge, um, and then obviously in the Stalyak Lords, it's it's an addition. So you're pretty much your nine inch movement plus um, 4d6, and then obviously plus that extra from the um, endless discipline point that you can spend on the extra movement. Um, so this is a first turn charging army um, that honestly is more built around fun, and then it can be extremely competitive in certain certain arenas. Um, but it's more or less just kind of used like... It, I was I was bringing up the points earlier about speed in the in OBR where like, yep. you know, you're, you're like, oh, dang it, you know, I'm going to lose in combat phase and I'm not going to be able to saw through them. Well, no. Oh, you're not going to be able to move forward either. You know that that's really yep. the, the main the main purpose of this list. Um, and then obviously behind them is going to be that thirty those thirty more tech guard, um, and then obviously the bone shaper, and then obviously the the cav uh, or the um, leech cavalos. So mm -hmm. that's really the main list. is, is kind of like a a, a one two kind of punch. Um, you're supposed to take the board. Um, is this list is a massive amount of drops. So odds are, um, if your opponent gives you first turn they're probably dead but if they if they are smart and put up their buffs first <laughs> and then move forward a little bit yep. um at least they got they got a shot because like you know what is that 10 10 more gas yeah, archive or harbingers 
coming across the board at you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're going to, you're going to be chopping up someone's, you know, and especially because they fly too. Um, like, let's say they do have some form of a screen. Let's say they're they're a Sylvaneth army and they've got a, you know, dryads or something like that. Let's say they're whoever, um, you can, you can just, you know, exit stage left and kind of, kind of jump right over that unit. So, um, it's, it's actually, it's a really funny list to play. Um, and I I play against too, just because like, it's, it's so unorthodox that, you know, you you can't prepare for it. You know, it's it's one of those things where you're just, the, the, funny, the funny the funny thing is Evan. Yeah, but the funny thing is Evan. I've actually seen this this list in play through a battle okay. report. Okay, and it got and it got stomped in the teeth. Uh, yeah, uh, probably. <laughs> and and not not to be not to not to be yeah, no, absolutely. It's, it's, it's a fun list, yeah. it's, it, it is a fun. It's definitely a fun list. It's just that once you tie tie down those harbingers, you're, you're, yeah. you just pound them to dust because they don't have any way to heal back. Right. Yep. Yeah. So I mean, so, Joseph, I, what do you I think of this list? units off the board with Sigball before, and it's always kind of like, wow. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Joseph, so what do you think of this list up here? The speed. Oh. Right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Well, Joseph, what are your thoughts <laughs> on this list here, man? The, the one up here on the on the, the Evans list right here. Uh, I, I like it. It's fun. Uh, specifically, just the use of the Morgast. You don't because you don't see them a lot, but they're they're super fast. They hit hard. Um, and they're not something that people are necessarily prepared to deal with because, like, the first thing that comes to your head when you're thinking of uh, Bone Reapers is more tech guards. You're thinking of uh, an impenetrable unit that you can't get around. You're not thinking about flight. You're not thinking about that kind of speed. And you can catch somebody off guard. And uh, I was kind of, like, making a half point earlier. It's, like, sometimes those unorthodox choices that people don't prepare for, especially, like, if you're going to a competitive scene, right. that can win you the day sometimes. If you're going into a competitive format and you have an idea in your head of what this army is and what it's going to do. Sure. And then you bring something like that, it'll throw your whole game off. Mm-hmm. I yeah. mean, there, there's way, there's definitely ways to, to make that list stronger. And yeah. I would probably say the best way to do about it would be combining down those Morgast guard into those Morgast into smaller units, maybe two fours and a two. And yeah. then you're, you're, you're dropping down to, you know, an extra couple drops there, but you yeah. also have the staying power on those units where that two man is kind of the, you know, the, the, the bait. And yeah. here's the, the two fours that are your switch that are all of a sudden swinging across that board. And, you know, it's like, Oh, also what the hell did I just get smacked and stuff like that? You have to, you get to activate right. four more. Yeah. So it, granted the list is not optimized, but it, uh, I was talking about speed earlier. So I thought I'd, I'd oh, no, but no, it it's, it is very it, fast. I will, I will definitely give you that. Yeah. It is very fast. It is like, well, you, you're pretty much, you're, you're almost guaranteed combat turn one with 10 more uh, Morgast. And then with the chromatic cogs and stuff like that too, you're another two inch third, you're at 11 inch movement. Um, and that's before you even start to run or charge. So it's, yep. <laughs> you're 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 lightning. You know, what I'm like this is probably possibly the fastest Bone Reapers list that I could create. I mean, maybe there's something with the cavalry that might be a little bit faster than this. Um, but you know, it, it would, especially with flight too. I guess you could argue at that point that you could just go right over terrain. Um, right. So it, it probably it probably is the fastest Bone Reaper list that's out there. Well, your um, your major advantage with that list is that you do have the flight, so yeah. it's avoiding the entire frontline screen and going yeah. right into the meat of the army. Yeah. So yeah. they're about wizards and things of that back there. You're just right into it. If, if, if yeah. you guys, if you pull, if you folks out there watching Grimdark Live right now are wondering what the hell this list is up on the screen that doesn't correlate back to what these guys are talking about is because I threw my list up there too early. Uh, but yeah, wow. I, I took a, I took a, I took a stab at a two thousand point army list. Um, now now Joseph, I mean, um, 
I don't know how you feel about this. You, you, all you guys are probably going to beat the hell out of this because it's, 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 you know, it's got my love of cavalry in here. I mean, but in our conversation here with, with, with OBR, you know, when we're talking Laura meta, you know, I really took a liking to the cavalry in this army. You know, after seeing them, uh, you know, on the table and noting how slow they were, my first thing was how can I speed these guys up and more tech guard, you know, I've seen a lot of these armies where they're heavy on, uh, that type of a, of a build. And, you know, I want to take my army in a very uh, aggressive and cavalry-focused direction. Um, and I, I, sh- I should also mention that I don't intend for this to be in any way a competitive list. I, I want to throw that out there right now, especially after listening to you guys. But I, I'd, I'd give it a go against any other standard Age of Sigmar player's army. And, and really, I think I could give them a, a fairly good run for their money. And, you know, obviously, you know, I, I've got uh, your typical um, Liege Cavalos. I've got my 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 uh, uh, Xantos, uh, my Bone Shaper, my Soul Reaper. So it's, it's character heavy, but, you know, I kind of wanted to throw it in there because I, I think that this Death Army actually has valuable characters. Um, you know, two units of 10 Death Riders, one unit of 10 Mortec Guard just to sit on a uh, an objective, and, you know, the Stalkers to scare the hell out of my opponent. Um, I think the idea behind this army is fairly obvious. You know, the buff, uh, you know, I, I, is the plan here is to buff the hell out of out of out of them to make my death riders mop the floor. The first thing uh, I, I'll I'll talk about is bringing uh, Xantos uh, and a liege. I personally love Xantos's model, and 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 he's really definitely uh, a, a pick. Uh, I think. Um, but I mean, you know, I, I think losing the, the uh, I, I think losing some things, I think it loses a trait. I mean, again, when I'm looking at this army, um, uh, and the really good artifact by making him my general and, and, and because obviously he's a, he's a named character. Um, but I, I think not bringing the, you know, a generic character is, is too much of a loss, you know, in, in my opinion, in, in this particular list. Obviously, the, the, the Bone Shaper is really to keep the Death Riders in shape, uh, while the, the Stalkers have the ability to, to somewhat keep up with the Death Riders, and they provide the, the rend that the Death, Ride, the Death Riders lack. So I think the Soul Render and the Mortec Guard are, are just what I uh, had to do with you know some leftover points, really trying to build this up to kind of be a fun, flexible type of an army. you know. So, uh, But that's kind of what I, th- I threw out there. Um, and I think, um, I think, you know, with, with the Cavalos Lance, I think that gives them uh, a good buff. I think that battalion is pretty good, but again, you know, it's, it's cavalry based, obviously not, um, uh, not something that, that is very competitive. I don't think, or, or what do you guys think? Is it competitive? Joseph, what do you think? Um, I mean, I think it's still good that you included some more tech guard in your list. Um, most people will build those units out to 20 or 30. But uh, I've had a number of instances where I've had a unit of, of 10 Mortec Guard and a, uh, a Bone Shaper mm-hmm. survive an eel charge. And they've stuck around for two or three rounds because I kept getting those heels off and I kept bringing them back. So they, you, know, you don't have access to as many of the bodies as your standard Bone Reaper list. Sure. But you can do a lot with 10 Mortec Guard. And then like on top of that, the fact that you're compounding that speed, the fact that Death Riders, like, while they might leave something to be desired when it comes to damage are notoriously difficult to take off the table. And then on top of that, you have the speed. Like, yes, you can lock down the table. And yes, you can make it really difficult for somebody to get there. Okay. And if your heroes are, are, in that case, you know, using their opportunity to hold on to objectives and capture them while your cavalry are locking things down because they got up the board in a turn rather than two or three like Mortec Guard might take, you can you can make some things happen. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, let's let's take a look at your second list here, Joseph, because this is the one I think we were referencing a little bit ago that is a little bit more of a um, 
I guess, flexible, fun, and or competitive list. Um, so the, here yeah. it is, man. You're, you're, you're null. You're null. Myriad, or I hope I said that right. But tell Myriad, us about it. I think. Myriad, there you go. Null no, Madrid. I, I uh, never learned too good yeah. in American. Yeah. Sorry about that, folks. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I, uh, I built this list just because, like, primarily with flavor of mine, because, like, Null Myriad is Arkin's personal legion. I think that these guys were the Bone Reapers who were created, like, out of the, the initial skeletons that were used to carry all the grave sand back to the Black Pyramid. Okay. These Bone Reapers were fashioned out of them, which is where they get their color from. So, like, from a lore perspective, this is kind of neat to put Arkin in his own personal region. But then, like, on top of that, um, I wanted to use a little bit more of the Death Riders as well. Obviously not as Death Rider forward, but uh, using a squad of ten, uh, using a squad of five as just kind of like a like a an encapsulating pincer to just kind of move them up the board and start threatening the flanks in a way that Mortec Guard just can't. Um, is a neat mechanic for me. And I've, I've never been super big on cavalry, but I like using them in those niche circumstances, like and using them to full effect. So I tried to put that in this list as well. Okay. Obviously, you still have some more tech guard. I've got one big 30 block who I'd probably keep around Arkin. I've got another 20 block that's a bit more versatile. I can send that out to do business somewhere else. Um, putting in the Cavalos la uh, Lance to decrease those drops and get the bonuses from that battalion is also really cool in this list. Um, and then also, obviously, you know, the benefits of Nalmeria. I think um, even in a competitive format with Magic the way that it is in the meta, um, Nalmeria being able to just kind of ignore the effects of the spell on a 4+, plus, um, that's nothing to just kind of, like, disregard. Like, it's it's a powerful sub-faction ability that can be cool in certain circumstances. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Yeah, uh, well, um, I, again, I, I think this list out of the two that you've presented tonight, I think is definitely less competitive, in my opinion. But I think it's yeah. got, the, I, oh, yeah. well, don't get me wrong, I think it's got the ability to take your lights out. But this is also, I think you can, I think this, this list here's got gears, right? You don't have to be in fifth yeah. gear the whole time. I think you can be down in third or second gear. And I think you can, I think you can um, uh, actually, you know, in a casual game, you can have a beer and pretzels game with this list. Yeah, yeah. totally. So, you know, it's, it's not the hardest thing on the board. I'm not sending, you know, three blocks of Mortec Guard in your face and, you know, come take it from me. It's, it's got a few other things in there that are going to spice the game up and make it not be that, that kind of that negative play experience that you might get from your, your standard like tournament meta uh, Bone Reaper list. Negative play experience. Suck it up, Buttercup. I hate that. Okay, I'm kidding. All right, I'm not going to get on my soapbox with that one. All right, Kid Chaos, Actually, what do you think of the list here, man? I actually like this list better um, than the first one. I might be the only one who's only one to say that. Oh, really? Only be, yeah. only because um, in games where like if you have like one to two objectives on the board, um, yeah. or maybe upwards of like like three, um, the first list is going to stomp it every time. Um, yeah. But in in games where you've got five, six to eight objectives, yeah, I think this absolutely. I think this list is going to do a lot better. So okay. especially with yeah. Arcan's teleportation ability, um, with the Death Riders movement and stuff like that, I, I I actually like this list better only because you're because you, in a competitive setting you're not guaranteed to have three objectives on the board. You're exactly. And if, you know, if you have too much oh. ground to cover, the Mortec card just can't do it. In the way well, and, and that, that that's the, the Mortex. That, yeah, that's the Mortex um, actually weakness is the fact that they can't yeah. really like spaghetti string out. Like that you you can't you can't screen with them too well. Not that you can't, but you can't do it yeah. too well um, because you still have to be within range of that Hecatos if you want all those abilities and buffs. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. I, I prefer this list um, actually over the first one only because it's a little more versatile in, in the competitive scene. And especially now um, with that the the, the Nel Madrid um, <laughs> version of it, um, you know, being able to knock off those magic um, 
those magic ouchies that you might receive from uh, Zinch and uh, you know Lumineth on uh, Checklist and Cat- um, Kairos Fate Weaver being a pretty pretty hefty you know subject to those, um, or, or even if, even from other death um, death armies like if you have a, if you're facing a Nagash player, um, you'll be able to yeah. you know shrug some of those off. So I like this list better. So that's my that's my personal opinion. Okay, all right, Justin, what are your thoughts on this one? Oh, it's a great list. Um, I mean, he's got speed, he's got punch, and I mean, the hero the hero choices he has in place are beneficial to what he's trying to do with this particular list. I mean, he's got the bone shapers that it, and um, Aaron, Aaron or whatever. I can't see everything went blurry on me, but that's okay. Um, just the fact Archon, that he's extending Archon his range black, for his man. heels. In, all right. I can't see it. It looks black to my screen. Sorry. <laughs> I'm having a weird day right now. But um, the fact that he can extend his healing range, he's got the healers in place, he's got the items, the, the units that can sit on objectives and hold them for long periods of time while keeping you know, enemies at bay, and then just striking from the side, striking from the rear, with the speed of those horses, the teleportation. I mean, it's a good competitive list. It actually would be a very strong competitive list with maybe a little tweaks, but there's not much there that he can tweak in terms of points. Maybe... I, don't, I think the Mortar Guard are what? They're yeah. 130 for 10. So maybe yeah. dropping that 30 to another 20 and putting another 10 in place. Yeah. I, I can't tell you how just many so that times you have that bubble. for list building. I always just end up with 70 points I don't know what to do with because the way the numbers work out. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. And that's and that's one of the big problems is because I guess those odd point systems to them. But yeah. if you had, say, two 20s and a 10 and then the 10 and the 5, I mean, yeah, it's one extra drop, but you have more flexibility in terms of objective holding and you only need 10 dudes to really bodyguard Archon himself. So you don't, you don't need a, you don't need a big 30 man block for that. Well, um, I'll tell you what, Joseph, you've been a great guest, man. We've, we've loved talking about this OCR bone reapers and you can hang out with us for the rest of the show, right? Till, till we close it out. Yeah, absolutely. I'll be awesome. So give us, give us a walk away, give us a little bit of a, your, your walk away on OCR bone reapers and, and kind of your, your thoughts on the army as it stands right now and, and moving into, uh, you know, the, the, the new edition. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that bone reapers are, they, they're an army of very obvious strengths and very obvious weaknesses. And that fact in and of itself makes them a very approachable army. Like we've all kind of highlighted here, but then on top of that, because of their unique mechanic of relentless discipline points, I think that puts them in a uniquely good position. Um, going into the new edition because like like very often we see points change we see maybe certain little abilities changes we see small tweaks here and there but the fundamental core structure of an army very rarely changes and um bone reapers kind of like deepkin or other factions that have those unique core fundamental mechanics right that you're not going to see that change and riding into a new edition Relentless discipline points are always going to be relentless discipline points that is a core function of the army it's something that's going to last um, so I think it puts us in a good spot. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I, I, I like that, man. I love that. So, all right. Well, I'll tell you what, coming up, we got the question of the day. Hey gang, I really hope you're enjoying the Grimdark Live show so far. Thanks for being with us. But before we get to the question of the day, I want to ask you to head over to GrimdarkLive.com to enter the Nerd Bunker by becoming a supporter of the show on Patreon. There are six different levels to fit the support you may be interested in and all provide special benefits and services to our members. So please head over to GrimdarkLive.com and become a patron of the show. 
And while you're on GrimdarkLive.com, you should know that Grimdark Live isn't just there for entertainment. We're a full-time miniatures assembly and painting service. We have three different levels that we currently paint to, and we provide free quotes. So let us know if you have something you need painted, and we'll get it done for you. And if Patreon or painting isn't something you're ready to do at this time, we totally understand. And thank you for spending time with us here on Grimdark Live. So with that said, let's get to the question of the day. All right, we got the question of the day coming up right here on uh, on, on Grimdark Live. So so here it is. If you guys were, were watching the show a little bit earlier, you guys got a little uh, peek behind the curtain and what the what the uh, question of the day is going to be. But I'm going to throw this out there right here to our guest uh, uh, Joseph. He's he's here earlier talking about OCR Bone Reapers, and of course we're going to throw this also at Kid Chaos and and Justin. Of course, man, we got to throw him in the barrel too on this one. But here's the question of the day: How confident can a gamer be in their army? when an addition change is right around the corner. Take it away, Joseph. Um, you know, I think when an addition change, like an addition change is obviously going to be a huge shakeup. Um, there, there are fundamentals of the base game that are going to change. They're not going to be the same, and you're going to have to adapt to it. But in regards to your own army, uh, understanding the fundamentals and, and having a good grasp of them is something that's probably not going to change regardless of the addition. Uh, if you know what those factors are in your army, you're going to be okay. You're going to have to adapt. You're going to have to learn how to play the game differently. But as long as you understand those core fundamentals, you'll be in a good spot. You'll be able to make those adaptations. All right. I like it. I like it. All right, Evan, Kid Chaos, right to you, man. How confident can a gamer be in their army when an addition change is right around the corner? That depends on how confident they are as a gamer. Um, I, I think honestly, like, you know, a great example of this is um, my Skaven army uh, going from 8th edition into Age of Sigmar. Um, 8th edition Skaven was a blast to play, and it was a ton of fun to play, and it was um, actually pretty decently competitive wise. Going into Age of Sigmar, obviously, that was a lot bigger of a jump than, you know, Age of Sigmar 1 to 2 or now 2 to 3. Um, but the Skaven got torn apart. Like, they, they were absolute garbage, um, but I still played them. And that was because I wasn't confident in the army, but I was confident in obviously my, my abilities to, to play them. Um, obviously, I, it, it was a little bit of an extreme example, but I think I think if you're confident in yourself um, and in, in your, your abilities to play the game, then I think the army will follow. All right. I like it. All right, Justin, to you, man. How confident can a gamer be in their army when an addition change is right around the corner? Depends on how close their book is to the addition in all honesty, uh, and the general of the army. I mean, going to Kid Chaos is the point. Yeah, if the general's good and understands the insides and outsides of their army, they'll be fine. Because most of the times, just in addition, change, you know, simple things like, you know, charge reactions, for example. You know, we, we can adapt to that. But if your book is, and I hate to say it, you know, Nurgle, 2018, 2019, and that is that far away from an addition change, you may struggle a little bit with it and not have confidence in your army just because it's not there. And we've seen this before. We've seen this in addition changes. Like, you know, we've seen it from 8th to ninth, and we've seen it from 7th to 8th, and you can go back as far as 5th and all that. Um, it just, it, it really depends on what they're doing. But it seems like lately, a lot of the books that are coming are already future-proofed to an addition change. And I don't think players are really going to have to worry about it too much. Okay. All right. Um, I guess if I had to ask myself that same question, you know, how confident would I be, uh, in, you know, in, in my current army uh, with an addition change right around the corner? 
Um, you know what? If you're not changing your diet, you know, if you're not adapting, uh, you're, you're, you're dying. And um, yep. I think that's the biggest thing. I, I, I'm a big fan of change. I'm a big fan of the next thing coming down the pike. And, you know, it kind of invigorates me to, you know, look at my army, take a closer look at it. You know, we say this all the time here on the show. You know, you're only as good as your last game. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think a lot of times if you're playing an army and you're undefeated, um, you know, you show me a guy that's got an undefeated army, and I'll show you somebody that's probably never played anyone. And that's that's the bottom line. I think that you have to understand that um, you're going to learn from your losses, which is a form of a change if, if you're smart. And when it comes to an addition change, I think you're really going to have to embrace that if you want to continue playing this game for what the essence of this game really is. And that's fun, camaraderie, uh, and a, a belief in something outside of the mundane world. And I think, I think that's what this is really all about. So, so, you know, how confident can I be? You know, I'm going to be, I'm going to be confident because I got to be confident in myself. You know, another thing we talk about here on Grimdark Live all the time is the, the proverbial question, right? Is it, uh, is it, is it a general or the army? Which one wins the games? Now, obviously, and here, here it is, since it's a great uh, topic on today's show, uh, take somebody that, um, that, that, that plays Nagash, right? You know, maybe they get used to playing with uh, somebody else's toy. You know, obviously, like Evan said earlier in the show, when that toy breaks or that toy uh, is no longer there on the table, their army falls apart. And I think a lot of times mm-hmm. gamers get into this compulsion where they, they, buy a, they buy a unit, they open up the box, and they find out real quick that unit didn't come with a, a, a gamer. And I think, I think that's the biggest thing. You have to learn your army and get to know it. And from that standpoint, you're going to be able to adapt with those changes. Right. And I think that's what you have to do. So there, there's, there's, there's my answer to that one. And uh, I'll jump off my, uh, my soapbox now for sure, because uh, we got the closing thoughts on the show here coming up, man. We've gotten to that point. So Kid Chaos, you're up, man. Closing thoughts. All right, closing thoughts on the show. Um, I yeah, as far as the closing thoughts go, this would be the first time I've ever done it. Um, would it be more or less like as far as closing thoughts go, is um, my reviews on the show or a question that I'd have? Whatever you want to bring whatever up, man. We're, 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 up. we're throwing kid Ooh. chaos right in the barrel on this huh. one, man. You got a minute, man? Okay. Make a believer out of all of us. All right, all right. Here's 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 a good one for you. I just made this one off the top of my head. If you had to gun to the head, go into one of the four factions of the chaos realm: Corn, Zinch, Slanesh, or Nurgle. What would you go into? Oh, he's going to end the show with another oh. question of the day. Nurgle. Joseph, what about you? I mean, I think that's obvious, but Slanesh. Okay. <laughs> maybe maybe that says too much about me. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> I'm going to have to go left turn on Albuquerque and go Bellacore. Oh, Slaves Darkness. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Slave to Darkness, Bellacore, all demons. Oh, wait a minute. I thought I thought we had to pick a Chaos God. No? It is. It was before Fort. Well, I mean, I guess he, 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 he covers undivided. all four. He's undivided. Oh, well, then I, I want to change my army, man. I want to go beast of chaos. True. All right. Uh, Evan, what about you? <laughs> no, no I'd go Zinch. Go Zinch. Okay. Yeah. I, well, the only reason I wouldn't go Great Horn Rat is because that's a probably a really short and painful life filled with warp stone in places you don't want it. So, I mean, maybe probably, probably my guess is you, 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 it'd be fun for the first five seconds. And then you'd be like, wow, I'm. Not enjoying this at all. So uh, unless of course, <laughs> unless of course you're a slanesh rat, right, Joseph? Oh sh- Oh yeah, yeah. We love all that stuff. Hey, all right. Well, you know what, gang? Here it is, end of the show, and, and a great show, and that's a wrap. And and of course, uh, as we say at the end of every show, all of our all the grimdark goons, and I'd like to thank our guest Joseph. And and hey, you know, uh, Joseph, you are a great guest. Thank you so much for everything on on, on our talk about Osiak Bone Reapers. You're going to come back and uh, hang out with us, right? 
yeah, you know, I'm uh, probably going to be back on, I think, in uh, May, hopefully without all the crackling this oh, time. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. yeah, I look forward to being back. Love Absolutely, being man. We're definitely going to have you back. We're going to play you back in. And Kid Chaos, it's awesome to have you back with the show, man. Thank you. Absolutely. And uh, and also to you, to all of our listeners, man, and for another great show. And we look forward to having you guys back next time we discuss all things related to Dice Dragons, Demons, and Dwarves, and the Warhammer world. So please don't forget to join us. Not next Tuesday. We're taking a break here, gang. We're going to be back the following Tuesday at 7.30. So uh, please don't forget to hit the like or subscribe button if you haven't already done so. And don't forget to follow our podcast. So until we meet again, remember, roll them dice, fun and fair, and don't be a freaking short pants. Night, everybody. Bye, everyone. See you. From Dark Live, we'd like to thank you for slumming through another show with us for all things dice, dragons, demons, and a dwarf in the Warhammer worlds. We'll be back again real soon, so until then, roll them dice fun and fair, and don't be a frickin' short pants. You can get your Grimdark Live fix on on our live show or catch us on our Grimdark Live podcast. Never fear, gang. There'll be more great content from Grimdark Live coming to you each and every week. So stay tuned and stay grim while you dice-chucking, blue-sniffing gamer goons. You're all awesome. Looks like I picked the wrong week to stop sniffing blue. Remember to embrace the main message here on Grimdark Live, and that's a social contract we have between gamers and the commitment we have to each other in this community. We're only as good as our last game. Check us out at GrimdarkLive.com, and don't forget to subscribe, follow, and recommend Grimdark Live to your friends. So long, Grimdark goons. Until next time, may the dice gods bless you and your sweaty palms. Bye. Short pants.